Saturday Morning Squadron. I am your host, Ramses, and per usual, I have here Rob. Hello, it's the year 2024. How's it going, everybody? It's the new year and all that deal. Yo. And and we have a, we have a very special guest here returning once again here on, on, on this podcast. It's the one, the only, the one of the hosts of MAH, uh, Gundam and MAHQ himself. It's Sobro Ryu. Yo, happy Tekken Day, fellas. What's going on? <laughs> it's time for the Oedipus. Woo! Man. I I want that game so bad. I was, I, I was as an aside, I played I played it at FCCC and like, oh my god, I want it so bad. I want to yeah. really learn I want I really want to learn Mia. You know, really, oh, I, yeah, really you, learn so I remember you said you played it with uh, a friend of yours, Gekin Nandi Kalot, didn't you? Yeah. At one point. Yeah, we, yeah for like we, we, a bit. Because like so funny story about that. So mm-hmm. so there, we were at the hotel where, where they were doing this. Like literally yeah. they were doing one thing for 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 uh, Armor Core Six, which is not even a demo. They were it's just like an AR, like an AR thing. Yeah. And then there was a Tekken Eight thing. No one was a Tekken mm-hmm. Eight. No one kicked us out. We were just we were like we ran like uh, like literally our sets. And no one oh, said, shit. No, no. like no 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 stay there please. You want more people to stay here for God's sakes. Oh well, damn. <laughs> like, I, like so we had some, we had some, we had some good time with we had some like very like time to like lab out Tekken Eight well, in private. So it's like. Yeah, like that's that's why it's like it's not just like oh I like I have seen it from afar. No, I got to play it. I'm like, oh, it's so good, so good. Hey, that's that's awesome. Yeah, all the most I played was the the demo before the full game came out today. So mm. it's nice to uh, be able to mess around with. I've primarily just been doing customizing for um uh, my main, which is June, which I'm glad she's back because uh, oh. aside from the um the tag tournaments, she has been back since Tekken Two. Um, you could say that Oscar is kind of a replacement for her, but not really. Oscar uh, is kind of got not like her really. own thing going. Nah. Yeah, I, I mean, Oscar I, I, has some similarities. Don't get me wrong, because they fight with a similar style. But uh, and also June has some of her moves too. But for me, it's just like uh, nothing, nothing, nothing beats playing with raw, uncut June. And anytime she's available to play, I'm down. So um, she's definitely my main. Um, Nina Williams had been my backup main um in games that june was not in uh and then um i'm gonna dabble in zafina and see how uh she plays i played her a little bit in tag but i have not really messed around with her enough so uh, i love the fact that she's got kind of got a a possession from the boss from tekken 6 uh mm-hmm. in her move set so that's super cool but um she reminds me of rose from street fighter so just one of oh, those that's uh, right yeah um for tall characters rose or um uh, my girl Shizudu from um, the King of Fighters series. So, yeah, man. Um, Saturday, it's out. I took the day off tomorrow. Uh, other than uh, errands, I have to run. I'll be messing around with the game tomorrow, and I might stream. So, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll hmm. we'll, we'll keep us updated. Uh, we'll keep us updated, and you can like more than more more than we'll let you promote it here when when it yeah, sure. comes. But thank you very much. We're, but we're here to this. But we're here to discuss like. Like we're here to discuss a few things, actually. Since you know, it's been our, since it's our our first stream back since since um since December. You know, we want we usually start these streams with by talking about what you've been up to, like with what like nerdum wise. If you brought anything, if you played anything, if you watched anything, anything you you consumed, you know, you more you're more than welcome to like geek out about it. And also too, like um Rob brought this topic up. So Rob, why don't you why don't you help us set up this the, the topic and then and help set this one up? Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. Because real quick. Um. And I had this idea in, my, in mind come come to me when basically, uh, I think actually not overly long after we had done the episode or something. Uh, 
Peter Cullen got uh, a daytime Emmy for his World of Optimus Prime, and this gave him the idea of, you know what? I really want to talk about the man and just give him some recognition and love for like all the stuff he's done over the many, many years that he's been around and that kind of deal, and just talk about him. And that was something me and Ramsey wanted to do. Like I remember that being floating around for a little bit like, as an idea. And then Sobro had done uh, Gundam just like last week or so-ish. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you missed on the opportunity even in, in the stream to do it. And I kind of, because I was thinking about it, if you brought up the news. Yeah. I'm like, also another reason I kind of wanted to hopefully grab you for this at the same time. Because it's like, you know what? You can get the chance to do all that stuff and talk about him as much as you want on here and all that kind of deal. Yeah. I'm, shocked, no, I'm kind of shocked no one submitted the, the news. Now to the news, and, oh, my, my stupid uh thing it just went off. But uh, yeah, I'm surprised no one submitted that uh that bit of news to our news feed uh for us to talk about on the show. And I completely forgot to mention it, so that's on me, man. Uh, by the time I noticed that you talked about uh Peter Cullen's uh Lifetime Achievement Emmy, uh we had already passed the news, and I was like, damn, I should have brought it up then. But I'll bring it up next episode. But uh, I'm happy to be on this episode to talk about it because uh, he's a guy who um has been in our lives a long time man he has absolutely mm -hmm. uh brought a lot of light and a lot of uh just a lot of entertainment to us and um we owe him a great data debt of gratitude uh i have something i'll mention later that actually involves him directly um mm. uh, but if anything uh yeah um if any I'm, I'm happy to be here to talk about it mm. and yeah like like i like it was something that we've been wanting to do like, yeah like peter Cullen had one had won the lifetime achievement um emmy for his for his amazing work and not just that, like there's a lot of work that like you may not think like you might not think twice about. And I really want to like I'm, not, I'm a person that loves going to like deep cuts and like just talking about like some of like the more like esoteric roles that, that someone has or more esoteric topics. So okay. this is so, so this is gonna be up, so it's up everybody kind of wheelhouses. But regardless, we are gonna get started here like talking about what we've been up to since pretty much since since like um let's say since like the sec since the second half of of December up until like right now. So. Yes, Sobo, you. Why don't you? Why don't you take it off and tell us what you've been up to since like December to like right oh, now? Since December, I know. Um, just like you guys took a break, we took a break from Gundam, um, to uh, take care of all uh, personal things. Uh, I had, I have been working on a novel for like the last. It's been five years, or over five years now. It'll be five, six years, uh, come, uh, come October. But I've been working on a novel called Vermilion Royale. It's a uh, science fiction slash fantasy uh story about uh several people who um are drawn into kind of like a uh, a conspiracy that's going on that involves um these different characters and they have they interact and um they also uh have their own things going on uh it's i, I really got to write a tagline for it and i wrote one i just don't have it in front of me but um i've been working on uh the book uh my friend uh my good friend uh the wonder you guys know from uh, years of uh, him showing up on Gundam. Uh, he's editing it now, and uh, I'm working on a rewrite. Um, and I hope to have some kind of traction on uh, getting it printed this year. I I'm also working on a secret project I can't talk about um, because uh, I, I don't want anybody to know um, that I'm behind it. But uh, if anything, uh, if if anything, it's uh, it's cool. It's nothing nothing bad. It's just something I always wanted to do, and and now I have the ability to do it, so I'm doing it. But um. Uh, other than that, the book is like the big thing, and if you guys want to know more about it, just head on over to uh, Vermilion Royale. That's V E R M I L I O N Royale R O Y A L E. You can follow it on uh, X, or you can go to VermilionRoyale.com. 
um, and uh, check out some of the artwork I've made for the uh, the book so far. Just just conceptual pictures and shots of the characters and whatnot. But it's been an exciting thing, man. The writing's been so therapeutic that uh, I've really uh, enjoyed the process of doing this, and uh, hope it goes places. But uh, that, that's basically what I've been working on, besides uh, just hanging out with family and taking care of some other things. Oh, my birthday was on the sixth, so I'm I'm I'm, I'm dusty as always. <laughs> oh, old and dusty. But um, yeah, man, I'm thrilled to be here, and uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, do you, are you like? Do you watch any movies? Do you watch any like? Do you watch any like TV shows? Do you read any comics? Do you read anything yeah. you consume? Oh God, um, yeah, uh, we watched. We just watched um. Two nights ago, we watched Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, sorry, uh, Across the Spider-Verse. Hadn't oh. seen it. And then just watched really? it. I, I knew it was a part one. Yeah, it, it's just that um, I haven't been into the movies lately because I've been having issues with my knee. So um, basically, we've been catching the movies as they come out on home video. But I like to watch movies with my wife. And we just bought a couch from a company called Lovesack. And they make a couch with a stereo built in, stereo uh, audio speakers built in. So it's we got to watch the movie in um, surround sound, and it was fantastic. It's one of the best animated movies I have ever watched. I I think the original one is better because it doesn't end on a cliffhanger like this one does. But ultimately, this movie is like the Empire Strikes Back of the of of the trilogy that they're working on now, and I I, I freaking loved it. Um, we watched Indiana Jones a couple weeks ago, the new one. Oh. Oh, I, thought, oh. I thought it was cool. I didn't think it was terrible, like some people okay. were making it out to me. But it it was cool. Uh, we watched Guardians of the Galaxy uh, finally, um, oh. and uh, also TV uh, TV show wise, uh, my wife and I usually just watch like reality shows and and um, and game shows. But um, I'm trying to think of what show we finished. Regardless, though, uh, reading wise, uh, I have been neck deep in reading the Energon um, the Energon universe. I comics. saw. I yeah. saw. I am bro, like, oh my god, yes. The freaking, the freaking phenomenal man. Um, Robert Kirkman and his gang have been really cooking, and yeah. uh, I'm quite happy with what I'm, I've read them all. Like I've read, uh, um, what's it called? Void Rivals, uh, Transformers, Duke, and uh, Duke and Cobra Commando only have one okay. issue a piece right now. Yes, but Transformers is at four issues, and Void Rivals is at six. And another issue drops, I believe, at the end of the month of one of the comics. But um, I am so thrilled with what they're doing. It's like, it, it's written for us, the cats that grew up with uh, the animated series. But they have such a more grown-up slant to them. Um, one of the coolest things I think about Transformers, which I think is the best run out of all of them. The cool thing about Transformers is that it 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 approaches some common sense decisions that you'd wondered about in uh, when you watched the original first episode. Because the original first episode, when the Decepticons are first activated inside of um, tele, uh, inside of the Ark by mm -hmm. Teletran 1, they don't do anything to destroy the Autobots there. And I always wondered, well, you could take care of this problem. Because if, if you got resurrected, you don't think the Autobots can get resurrected next? So you're not going to take them out? Well, in this book... When they're resurrected at the Ark, they're resurrected at random. So mm. once the first one that gets activated is is uh, Starscream, uh -oh. and he is a murderous bastard in this book. He is straight up frightening, and um, he 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 does something to a particular character that I couldn't believe it when I saw it. And then the next character that gets out activated is Optimus Prime, and then they go to town on each other, and it's amazing. Um, and then you got Spike Sparkplug, uh, Carly is in the first. Uh, issue it's like takes what you know 
and readdresses it. And to me, it has the best version, since we're talking about Peter Cullen, it has the best version of Optimus Prime I have ever seen. Done. If they ever animate this, please get Peter Cullen to do his voice. I, I thought Peter Cullen did a great job in um, Transformers Prime, but he would completely slay this if given the chance, if they animate this. So please, I hope they announce they're going to animate the Energon universe. And if they do, I can't wait to see Transformers. It's going to be amazing. But I yeah, I, it's a, read the it's whole a high thing. recommend. Mm-hmm. But I know what you sort of mean in that sense because I've seen like little bits and pieces, like like um talking bits online, like kind of thing, yeah, like man. uh YouTube and all that and like kind of thing, and like in there's like one instance of like when Optimus is just like on Earth and he accidentally like stumps on a uh, deer and he's like deer. oh shit yeah. this this world is so different and he's like yes these these life forms are so different compared to us and all that kind of shit yes like yeah he, know, he's um he's completely enamored by earth because it's organic uh, compared to cybertron and it's a, just a great monologue from him and a conversation between him and spike that i absolutely love and it gives you a direct insight on who his character is and it brings him back to kind of center to who he was originally um in the comic i'm sorry in the animated series um you know we hear that phrase that uh and and fred brought this up when we talked about it on gundam uh but fred uh brought up the fact that um prime's quote is about um uh protecting uh sentient being the freedom and rights of sentient beings well this prime is at the core of that uh when it comes to that and i think they did the same thing with the Transformers in this book, they did it with the G.I. Joe characters. They read their tech specs and files before they personified the characters. So they brought mm. them back to formula. And I think that's such a, a cool thing by a bunch of nerds that love this shit as much as we do. And props to them, man. By the way, Corporate Commander is fucking amazing. It is horrifying, but fantastic. I, again, I can't recommend them enough, man. Please. Please read them. And I was, and I was gonna say... But I was gonna say... One of mm-hmm. the things, one of the things I like is one of the things I found really difficult at first with the IDW stuff is that it took a while for him to find kind of get finally get the voice with the IDW stuff. It wasn't yeah. like, uh, and here like right away, right at the bat, not even not even with Transformers, like literally with Void Rivals, they mm-hmm. hit you across the face with like everything. I think, yeah, I true. think, and, and it's interesting that they went because like you can see that like with like other continuities, they they usually would want to stick to the they they always want to stick to like the comic books. Usually, yeah. with, uh, I won't say much about what, because like, I know what happens in Cobra Commander. But usually, yeah. the Cobra Commander that we that we're more associated with, especially in comic books, is that he's more of a cult of personality. Like he's this yes. guy that. But in this particular version, which you know, I won't spoil much. It's such a one eighty to that, and I think that works for its benefit because it's like it is something very different. Yeah, it is. And you know, th- there's a cool Easter egg in in the, in the issue, and I won't say too much. But someone gets shot. In this issue, and it's it's such a swerve, but it's also a statement on how they're going to take this character. And I saw the writer of the book. I saw an interview with him, and he said that um, which version of Corporate Commander you're going to go with. Someone asked him, and he said you're going to go with the version that was in the animated series. You're going to go with the version that was in the comics. Who was a former car salesman? And mm. he said both. He said both. And it's like what? And, but this yeah. Corporate this Corporate Commander is so cunning and so I don't give a fuck. I'm risking shit, and I am, I am, I'm not running from nothing. And it's like, man, I can't wait to see where this motherfucker goes. So anyway, oh, what were you saying? No, that was that, that was it. Because like, yeah, I remember hearing I was at a San Diego Comic Con, and mm-hmm. I was actually at that panel where they were discussing where they were discussing the nice. and I remember hearing, I remember hearing that where it's like I remember one of the questions they were at, like I think that I think that's where you think you may have gotten the quote. 
was like which version of Cobra Commander they were going to be using. Because like yeah, like like I said before, is this Cobra mm-hmm. like Cobra Commander over the last couple of years, especially in comic books, has been portrayed as like uh, has been portrayed as like this cult of personality. And like yeah. I said, now with this with this universe, there's more to it. Like I said, I won't say what is going on. All I gotta Ooh. say is read the books. Read the Please. books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if yeah, you guys want to know the order, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 no. I, I actually, I was gonna, I, I was gonna, like, I was actually gonna, I was gonna say that. But repeat, say the order, say the order, say the order. Yeah. The, uh, if you, if you really want to check this out, there's four lines. Uh, the first one, the longest one, is Void Rivals, which is original property that's supposed to tie everything together. Uh, there's Transformers, which is the second uh, run, and both Void Rivals and Transformers are both. Uh, um, ongoing runs. Duke and um, Cobra Commander are two separate runs, but running, I would say, somewhat simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Um, and and with those two, they're limited runs of five issues. Only the first issues have come out within the last couple of weeks. Um, the order that you want to read them in is Void Rivals 1 first. That's super important. Then Transformers 1. Uh, and then you can um, oscillate between Void Rivals and Transformers. But once you read issue 2 of Transformers, you can read Duke... And once you read issue four of Transformers, you can read Cap. Uh, I'm sorry, Cobra Commander. Um, the reason why is there's things that uh, tie those issues together with those. So uh, that's basically it. After you um, read issue two of Transformers, uh, it pretty much opens up everything to be uh, well, Duke to be read, and then four opens up everything to be read. But they're great, man. Um, even if you don't do it in that order, that's fine. It's just I, uh, doing the story math in my head. I think that's the best way to go about it. All right. All right. Anything else that you've been up to? Have you played any games? Any, um, played any games lately? Uh, what was I playing? Um, I, I recently just got a new computer. Um, and I've been working on um, getting that set up. But I have been playing some games, and I've been playing a lot of pinball lately. Don't ask me why. But you, you find con- like it's it's those have to, like it's like it's like Twitch Twitch like Twitch function like. <coughs> It was like it's a Twitch fo- functioning like game, like like you know pinball. That that's something yeah. that works your brain really well. So it's like don't don't feel ashamed about it one bit. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not ashamed at all. It's just that I I've been playing it um recently. I just got the the bug and uh, I've been want- I saw a bunch of uh, pinball games on sale on Steam, so I just picked them up. And uh, one of them Star Trek: The Next Generation. Another one is uh-huh. uh, Indiana Jones. Some of the old Williams games and some oh, new ones cool. like Marvel stuff and and whatnot. Hmm. It's been it's been cool. It's been real cool. Yeah, I was gonna say that you, you, I think you're. You, I think a lot of that stuff is like pinball effects, right? If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you got it. Pinball effects one through three. Yeah, I've been. Yeah, uh, I've been playing on those. Yeah, I, I have a lot. Of, I have a lot of those um, pinball effects, and like I, I love effects. Like, okay, the the made up ones are cool, but the licensed ones are like authentic to like the real to like the real boards, and I'm like that is I think one of the best. That's like one of the best things I remember because I, I I freak on a lot of streamers that that do a lot of like pinball streams. Yeah, and yeah. they explain like, oh yeah, this in this game, this game, you can, like it has like like you can have these, it has these physics and stuff like that, and it works really well. And like the pinball effects seems to be like the one that everybody seems to be really enjoying. It's pretty cool, man. I, I've got no complaints, and uh, it's been uh, been fun messing around with that. But yeah, um, outside of that, really, un- until I got Tekken Eight today, I, I can't say I've been playing um too much. Uh, just just dabbling in some stuff. But uh, now that uh, I have Tekken Eight, I'll, I'll definitely be spending a lot of time on that. All right, all right, cool, cool, cool. Um, Rob, what have you been up to since our last episode? Uh, when I think about things, what I've been up to over lately, um, I haven't really been playing super much. It kind of depends on my mood and that kind of thing, really. Um, so I've been kind of 
sticking to the simple things I mostly know, and I'm like, there's still some games that I need to add. Don't ask me why. It's not just, just like, I need to think about, should I start something new off and get into, sink into something new? And I'm like, not today. And then it's like, I just forget about it for like days or a week or two on in a row kind of thing. It's just like, ah, crap. Um, but like with Gundam Battle Operation 2, for example, uh, in mid, yeah, mid-December? Mid-December. They uh, dropped a uh, big uh, unit for that, which was um, they put the uh, Banshee Norn into the game. So, yeah. Nice. So that's a uh, rather new part. One of the, because, you know, the tiers of costs go up to 700, and 700 is one of the crazy brackets that has a lot of uh, suits up in that cost when you do rounds and everything. It's one of the more powerful units running around in 700 right now. Not necessarily supremely powerful, but really powerful. Because uh, um, I've told Ramsey's like little bits and pieces before, Sobro, that uh, their game has uh, quite a few units. Like it's got, uh, apart from like um, in the higher tiers, you'll find like people running around with, say, the new Gundam or Sazabi and all that stuff. You have Sinandru from uh, Unicorn, uh, the Unicorn Gundam, the Banshee. Um, yeah. You've also got like the narrative, like the versions of it, like the C and B packs from. Uh, Narrative Gundam and all that stuff, and other ones like those, and um, even even side story things like uh, High New and uh, Nightingale and stuff, they even added those in. And now this yeah. is like a sign of um, the power creep getting into, like, well, we're almost done with the unicorn stuff now, it seems like. And people have been speculating what else is coming up in the future, uh, which could be maybe the Half-Wise Flash stuff. Yeah. Um, but then recently, the, the, the Steam version um, got the Freedom Gundam as a promotion for the upcoming uh, Gundam Seed Freedom movie, which actually oh, just yeah. came out today in Japan, by the way, I believe. I, or... I, was about really? to, I was about to say, didn't they just didn't they just announce their first AU units with like the Strike Freedom and like the I believe? No, 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 just the regular Freedom Rams. It's just the OG okay, Freedom. Just... Okay. Yeah. yeah, just OG Freedom, because yeah, the, the Gundam Seed Freedom movie is just like. They just wanted to, I guess they wanted to test the waters or something by right. doing that. So, you know, and it's like, I play on console, so it's like, it's a big loss, but it's kind of, uh, to some people kicked up a, a, a mini shitstorm that some people are like, oh no, the whole thing of like, do you see diehards that don't want anything else AU in their uh, universal-focused game? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> all those problems. And it's like, it's one of those very well-known uh, Gundam uh, fandom problems that Chris would attest to. As well, yeah, I, so, I, I, I can attest to, I can attest to, attest to that because, like, like, I, it's like, you know, and like, as of late, I've been like, I've been like, you know, I, I've been just following a lot of like Gun Plus streamers and last and all that stuff, and like, they bring, and that's why I like, knew about the topic, and <laughs> they felt the same way, like, literally, like, why are you putting AU stuff in my fucking, like, in my UC stuff? Get that shit out of here! I'm like, <laughs> like, look, complain to the point when you have, when we have, when we start having, when we have to have like Gundam fights, like. Like this, with, the, with, with like the with like the burning with like the shining Gundam and shit like that, where you just gonna have like random street fights in the middle of in the middle of in the middle of a mission. Then you can complain all you want. Right now, it's all it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> actually, actually, that sounds pretty good. Some, so, so, someone write that down. Someone said that the Bandai like we just like have like a Gundam fight mode like in the middle, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, a, like a low like a low rent Gundam versus and. <laughs> anyway, yeah. anyways. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, um, anyways. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so that's that, and um, it, yeah, it's fairly powerful. Like I when I tested it, but yeah, um, I won't go into full detail because that's a whole other thing. Um, well, so enough to um, I sort of dropped off from playing stuff on my Switch. As I kind of said, sorta mostly for the time being. Um, 
when I've also been doing work-wise, I've also been doing things with, um, namely, Dragon Ball Legends on the way ho- on the way home or stuff when I've got time to burn kind of thing on my trips and traveling and that kind of thing. Still comes in handy. Mm-hmm. My phone still runs it fine and all that kind of thing. PvP can be a small nightmare because uh, they've done some uh, crazy other units uh, um, and all that in that game lately. Uh, like um, a really powerful, um, what's it called? Um, there was a really, what they call an ultra character, which is kind of one of the super high, not like top, tippy top, but kind of up there in terms of power in the game. Um, and they did one for ultra, ultra interesting Goku Omen, like the, you know, the black hair one, not the silver hair one. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of, he's kind of a pain, but he's not impossible to fight as I figured out little tricks to actually fighting him when I've on occasion done PVP and uh, I found little things on occasion on my own end. Um, and then they've recently just fired up a thing where it's like they're giving Dragon Ball GT a bunch of our love, like uh, new ones for, uh, what is it? A tag unit of um, GT Pan and Trunks together, like doing like tagish moves and that stuff. You can swap them around as the same character cool. and all that. And then the other one is they decided where they was kind of missing. And it's actually a cool idea. You know, at the end of Dragon Ball GT, when things are looking really down and Gogeta's been defeated and all that stuff, like they defused. And. Um, Kid Goku manages to save the day with, of course, of all things, a super spirit bomb, kind of like in the vein of the end of Dragon Ball Z as well. Anyway. All right. And kill little Mega Shenmue and that kind of thing. So, yeah, this one's that. And um, he's got that as a finishing move and all that kind of thing. And, like, looks rather cool. Like, obliterates the enemy with, like, a, you know, the similar vein style of, you know, being overpowered and just into, into dust kind of thing and just gone and just destroyed. All that deal. So, yeah. Mm. So yeah, yeah that's been never got for Dragon Ball Legends lately. Um, reading, nothing going on. Um, watching, because um, the last time we did an episode, I remember talking about that Digimon movie. Yeah, I haven't really mm-hmm. particularly been watching anything particularly movie-wise or anything big like um, series or anything like kind of things like stuff. So I think that's most of it, everything done. Yeah, and nothing well, really I... of no dive purchase. So yeah. I got a question, um, and this is going to seem like an odd question, but um, yeah, yeah, go ahead. My wife and I, my wife and I came across this during a uh, holiday break. They dropped this mm. show on Netflix, and it's like, you know what? This show is actually mad relaxing, and I, I freaking love it, and I can't wait for the next season. I can't believe I'm saying this. Um, I absolutely adore Pokemon Concierge. Uh, I was about to say that that, that oh, so many shit. things. You know, it was over before you knew it, and it's like, man. Man, I was like vibing. It's like I should have took a gummy and rocked this shit. Because <laughs> it was that turn on the, smooth. Turn on the, turn on, turn on the mm-hmm. incest, you know. Turn, yeah. you, know you know, just uh, you know, put the ottoman up, put up your legs. Yes, it was real adorable, man. And it was, I thought it was well done. I have a love for stop motion animation, and they really, they really, they really. Um, it's the first stop motion I've watched in a long time. You know, since the last Leica movie. And sitting there watching, I thought it was just a lot of fun. Um, it's a pretty cool show. It's only four episodes. Um, it's probably less than an hour and hour and twenty minutes. Um, you'll get through it fast. But um, I know it takes them a while to do uh, the episodes that they do. But it felt like a really short movie, and uh, I, I like the premise. It's, it's not about battling. It's just about people who take their Pokemon to this resort, uh, which is this island, this tropical island. That uh, is very comfortable and cool. And this one woman who just got out of a bad relationship decided to change her career and become a concierge at this Pokemon resort. And uh, she learns mm-hmm. about them and uh, hangs out with the other uh, concierges. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's cool. 
I, I, I dig it. And uh, looking forward to, uh, to more. Mm. All right. Yeah, but um, uh, that was nothing else, Ramsey, so it's your turn anyway. For, for sure. Uh, really quick. Um, oh, yeah, for me, um, it's been very, very difficult for the last couple of weeks because since Christmas, I've been dealing with a loss in the family. Um, I'm sorry to hear that. My condolences. It, thank you. And um, it's been like, so not just the, the stress of the holidays, but also the stress of like, you know, the funeral services and stuff like that has been, has, has you know, got, took a toll. So I really haven't been really doing much at all. Mm-hmm. And if anything I do, it's pretty much me. It's pretty much like stream only. So, concerning what I've been doing on stream, I recently got done building the. I, I finally got done building a my very first wheel grade. I finally got done mm-hmm. building my my first of uh, the wheel grade Exia Gundam, which nice. was an incredible, incredible build. I, I I really like it. Unfortunately, I did break a piece off by accident, but somehow through like just through do like sheer ingenuity and asking around, I fixed it. They fixed the piece and it's one hundred percent working as it should. Well done. I'm really happy. And then I also worked because uh, I, I at Tedio Comic Con, I just went on this. I just brought all the gun. I just brought all the gun I can. <laughs> I brought. Because also Bandai was there and they had uh, they they had like a lot of like their, they had a lot of stuff from like the, the Gundam base stuff. And I brought mm-hmm. the I, I brought the new Gundam FF. Oh, nice. And it's and it's the uh, it's the entry grade, so it's like like like. Here's, let me tell you one. Let me tell you one more time. With the um, with the with the with, with the real grade um, Exia, that took what? me four streams, and that spread across oh, like six weeks because because I took a few weeks off because of what happened. Yeah. So absolutely. if I was if I was doing I was so if I was doing it piece by piece as it should, I spent a month working on one set. Having to do one set like in an evening was very mm-hmm. refreshing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was like thank Christ I got to do one like I got to do one set. Like in an evening. Well, I did do another one. Mm-hmm. I because like the thing is, the thing is, I wanted to dabble with like not just like building, like learning how to build with paint. Because I, I yeah. one of the things that like one of the things that you you mentioned so bro was like about like like um you're talking about writing and how you right. how you found writing to be very relaxing. Absolutely. And one of the things I've been finding myself doing a lot more lately is painting. I've been learning how to paint like I've been learning how to paint Gundam, Gundam kits and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and. I've been learning just to like you know, and it's been helping me relax a lot. It's been helping me like just chill. It's like good vibes and stuff like that because it's been something I've been wanting to do for. That's been something I've really wanted to like learn myself. And I've always been afraid. It's like, oh my god, like, am I gonna like, am I, am I, am I, am I like, gonna, am I gonna like mess it up? But then I, I just <laughs> one day it snapped. Like one day, one day, and that's like, one day it clicked. It clicked. Everything started clicking to place. And and more and more, I started, I started taking a little bit more risk. And mm-hmm. on New Year's Eve. Into New Year's Day, I decided to take one of one of my, an SD like unicorn kit, mm-hmm. and I painted it like in this black and um, I painted it in this black and um, black and red. I went to I went in and just painted it black and red. It came out phenomenal. Um, I'll link it in the link. I'll link it to you. But suffice to say, it was one of those, it was like you know ha- like having the done, having done that now, I feel a little bit more comfortable painting kits now. I still need a lot of work with like a, I still need there still needs to be a lot of work with like you know like learning how to like like you know what kind of paints I need to use and how to use it a lot more appropriately because I'm still using the paints from like Walmart branded like apple 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 barrel column stuff. But yeah. regardless, you know, like it's been it's been really it's been really good. It's been really it's been really um it's it's been helping. It's you know I've been it's it's something I look forward to doing every time when I do my model kits now. And that's why it's like you know 
when it comes to like my model kits and stuff like that, that's why it's like I mainly focus with the, the SD kits because like one, they're like they're idiot proof. They're absolutely idiot proof when it comes to like painting. <laughs> right. And two, you know, there's a lot more freedom you can do. And like this was one of the first times I got to like really like venture out and do something that's not of the colors of the of the actual unit itself. Even though I did incorporate some of it. I did. I did put. A, I did put. So I did put a lot of effort into like making sure it had like it. Um, it looks like it could fit the universe. And I think a friend of mine described it best is that it looks like the murder Gundam. It looks like the unicorn in murder mode, not just like destroyer mode, oh. just murder mode. <laughs> from all the, from like the kind of from the red because it's not a red like you know like, it's not a regular red. It, it's kind of like a crimson red ish, not quite that deep. So it does look kind of like blood red. <laughs> So yeah, it's like it's 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 like the, it, it, it's a it's a killer mode as we as we as I now adopted that name. Um, no movies. Um, I like as of late, like I said, because of that, I haven't had time to like watch any movies, and there really hasn't been really much I've been wanting to watch. And I, the last movie I did see was Godzilla, uh, uh minus Ooh. minus one, and yeah. that is my movie of the year. That was my movie yeah. of the year last year. Like it's mine it's too, like, to be honest. It's mine as well. Um, I, I forgot to mention I saw that because we had to review it for Gundam recently, and uh, yeah, that movie's in, in, incredible. Uh, just the way it's made, and yeah. the storyline, and the people, uh, the fo- that they, the movie focuses on, it, it's compelling from start to finish. Man, it's so good. Yeah, it's it's it, it's a beautiful and like I like I think I said before, and like I said on the stream, I said to Elvis as well. This um, Godzilla minus one. I think might be like might 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 be my favorite Godzilla movie of all time. It might it might even be better than yeah. than, than fifty four. It might be better than eighty four. Better than Shin. It's like I think it's the best out of all like the Godzilla versus human movies. Yeah, and, and I think it's even beat out even some of like the like the like the beat up like the beat up kaiju movies as well. Like it's Man. such a it's such an incredible movie. And like I said, I I, I I watched that way back like like way back way back when. But that was the only thing I did watch because I was like, well, it, it's gonna be one week. I'm, 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 I don't want to miss it, and you know, here I am. Here, here it is, like six weeks later. It's like it's still there, and I, I could have. And it's like, dang, I, 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 I thank God I took advantage of watching it now. Um, in terms of stuff I brought, um, really haven't been buying much. If, let's just count furniture as like stuff I needed to buy because I had, I had to be a responsible adult. I had to be a responsible adult, and like because of, like I was saving up to go to a convention. And unfortunately, when things went down, and like when things, the funeral services were happening. Unfortunately, that was the time when like I had to go to the. That was the time for that convention. I had to I had to like fall out the last minute. Unfortunately, so I was just sitting on all this money, and I was like, I, I said to myself, I could just buy toys. I could easily go right now and just buy all the toys on Amazon. But no, I went to buy. I bought. I bought all the furniture I can to like just give myself a refresh for 2024. And a lot of yeah. it is stream related too, because like a lot of it is like buying a new desk so I can actually have some stuff. Right. And like and another thing, another thing is too. Um, I, I mentioned this on my um, Twitter, and I all know I mentioned this here too. Right? You may have, um, maybe uh, Rob might know a little bit about this. That I also bought. I bought a. Uh, I bought a tablet, a drawing tablet. Oh, and good I, stuff. I, I I'm gonna start learning how to draw. Like, and once things like now that things have calmed down a lot, and now that I have like this new, now I have a lot of desk space to actually put it up. I'm gonna sit down and just learn how to draw, and like you know, is it is it an art tablet or is it like yeah, a, art, a tablet like an iPad? That's an art tablet. It's an art tablet. Oh, and, nice. And the th- and the idea is like because like I see I, I like there was two reasons why. One, I keep on seeing these people use AI. I'm sick yes. of that. 
I am yeah. absolutely sick of it. And I wanted to prove, I wanted to stick it up to those people that say, oh no, this is easy. Trust me. If an idiot <laughs> like me can learn how to do this, I'm gonna I'm gonna spend one hour every day from like on, either like on the computer or like by like doing or doing the analog with like a pen and paper. I'm gonna mm-hmm. sit down, and just learn how to draw. Like learn how to do shapes. But not, like, not like you know, yeah, maybe that would be like, maybe do some like anime stuff and stuff like that. But no, like, like learn the fundamentals, learn, like learn like shapes, learn, like like learn shadows, learn shadiness, learn like you know all that stuff. Because I think once you learn the fundamentals of all that stuff, that's when you start to like. That's when you start to like. That's when you start, that's when you can start doing a little bit more complex things. When I started learning how to paint with uh with a, with the gunpla kits, I was doing very basic things, and. That's why I, I want. That's why, and that's where kind of the inspiration as well was like I learned how to do. I learned how to paint. Now I gotta learn how to draw. And now that, and I learned how to paint by learning a lot of the, uh, learning a lot of the fundamentals. Like I had to like learn and I had to like experiment. And I learned how to do everything. Like I had to learn like everything from square one. And I don't mind that I had to like learn everything because at the end of the day, I think learning all that stuff really did benefit me a lot. And now that I'm a lot more experienced doing painting. I feel a little more comfortable with my painting, and now that I'm more more comfortable with that, I want to take down that next challenge and do like art. And you know, there's there's things happening behind the. Um, I've been there's been years there's been stuff happening in the background with Saint Seiya, the Cosmo Cast. Um, I'm currently we're we're currently you know doing stuff with the current publisher of the new of the new American version of Saint Seiya Time Odyssey. So <laughs> we'd be on the lookout for that. Yeah, look out for that on next next, next episode because like we've been working, we've been back and forth, and uh, I'm really happy to be talking about the results of a lot of that stuff. And um, uh, like, and that's when that's that's another big thing that we were doing in the background, just like working on that stuff for the for the Cosmo Cast. You know, like last year was huge because of the movie, and we got so much traction because of the, not just because of the movie, also the concert in Mexico that some of my co- that some of my co-hosts went to. And we just did so many things that, like, just like we're gonna continue this year in like just going on the on the our feet on the ground, just running, and we're and that's what we're gonna be doing. And I've been working a lot on that type of stuff. Um, I feel like I'm missing something, but I'm <laughs> looking back at it like, no, not really, no, because like again, I haven't, like, I really haven't been really doing much at all. And it's like, and, and, and really had and only only like literally just until like last weekish did I have like time for myself. Just to like you know relax and and anything when I and and because like you know uh, I won't I won't point out names but all I gotta say is a fellow streamer that we that me and Rob know very well. Um, they inspired me to pick up Monster Hunter again, the Monster Hunter Generations oh. Ultimate. And uh, <laughs> and let's just let's just say like because I I could be I could be playing something new. I could go and, and buy Super Mario RPG. I could go and buy a Metal Gear Solid Collection. I could go buy fan, uh, I could go buy um, Star Ocean uh, Star Ocean Two Remake. I could do a million different things that's that's absolutely new right now. But no, I'm, I'm playing I'm playing a, I'm playing a game that's like five years old now. Yeah. this year. <laughs> Wait a minute, Ramsey's a pause check. Uh, do you really want to go buy the that uh, Metal Gear collection from uh, Konami? Um, now they have a few updates. Yeah. Mm, really? Now they, kind, now they kind of fi- now they kind of fix a lot of the problems that that was. It. But that pay, I'm not gonna pay fifty dollars. Maybe if I see it for like thirty, I'm not gonna pay the full fifty for it. Full fifty? No, it's still, it's still, it's still fundamentally broken. But it's, but at like, it's fundamentally broken at like a fifty dollar price range. At like thirty dollars, I'll let it slide. That's one of those things. Where it's like, 
there's a scale of like how much I would let a game, game slide with kind of brokenness. As if there's just fifty dollars and it's broken like that, yeah, no, we're you're, you're, you you gotta get your shit together, son. But at thirty dollars, with <laughs> so much you can get away with like a little bit of wiggle room, fine. Mm-hmm. And it's also too, it's like you know, I don't want to bust on my PlayStation Three and I gotta put everything out again. It's like just give me just put, put just put Peace Walker in there and that's all I want. Just put Peace Walker on on my Switch already. It's all I want. Huh. All I want. Just give me Peace Walker. But um, and that's about it, really. Like. Oh, another thing, and Rob's gonna like this one. What's that? Um, I brought Vampire Survivors on the oh, other PC. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so I've been doing all the achieve. I'm doing all the achievables again on on PC, and I also because oh. like I was I was I was anxious. I wanted I wanted the new DLC with like Among Us so mm-hmm. bad that I went that I literally went on the Steam. I went on the Steam store and I bought like everything on the uh, I brought the the complete bundle for like. Eight dollars with that real DLC, and like, mm, give me that shit right now. I don't want to wait for the switch, just give it to me right now. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I like just like whenever I have any free time, that's what I'm just doing. Like, I have a stream on on the background, and I'll be playing Vampire Survivors and I'm in bliss. Have you played Vampire Survivors on Sobro? I have. Uh, my, my brother in law brought over his Steam Deck a couple of years ago and had it on there, and I, I played it till the Steam Deck ran out of power. <laughs> it was a. It was. I, it, it reminds me a lot of um, of Gauntlet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I don't know how you survive it. Um, I, I every time I play through, I get pretty far, and then I think the Grim Reaper starts showing up, and then just kills you all pretty quickly. Yeah. But um, there's, there's got to be a way to defeat that too. But uh, I have to figure yeah, that you, out. There's certain, there's certain there's certain builds. There's certain builds. Me and Rob have been like going back and forth on builds and stuff like that in private. Like yeah, when yeah, the game absolutely. came on the Switch, but it's like. I kind of already know the meta. <laughs> I kind of already know the meta on a lot of stuff already. And like, like you, look, if you see like, if you see stuff on the, if you see my my stuff on the Switch, I did every achievement like possible on the Switch. I have all the characters possible on the Switch. I had all the secrets possible on the Switch. And it's like, and I had I maxed out all my money and everything. So like, you look at me, it's like, you have a life, Ramses? No, I absolutely do not have a life at all. Oh damn! Yeah, there are builds that can definitely like uh, give you like a crazy amount of power or like uh, effects that will like slow enemies down or give you more spacing and like kind of thing and there are some that have, for me that have definitely come really, really close to like uh, killing some of the um, Reapers forms of the, forms of the Grim Reaper basically but yeah so you know mm-hmm. but yeah that, that, that's a, that's about it really like I said like I'm just uh, it's been a lot of like random things it's like it's been slow the progress has been slowed down because of what happened but now that now that I'm finally kind of like out of that 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 like and out of that period, I'm gonna like start doing a lot more stuff. But then as I got out of that 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 stuff, I'm like, oh my god, I have to go back to this show. I gotta go back to the Cosmo cast. I gotta get back to that grinding. And it's like, well, I don't. Well, it was nice and relaxing doing my own thing with the streams. I yeah. do miss doing the show. A lot. I do miss doing. I I do miss doing both of my shows. So it's like I'm I'm really happy that I'm doing this. But that's it, guys. <laughs> but. But regardless, I think I think I think that's it for all of us. I think I think we all kind of like set our piece about what we've been up to. So why don't we talk about um, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Peter Cullen? Rob, why don't why, why don't you start us off? Ah, uh, Peter Cullen. Oh, this man has been around for a great many years now, and uh, even at his old age, he's still going strong, like kind of thing anyway, currently, and all that. But uh, there are so many roles that so many people out there would know him from, and like, oh, he's gotten funny recognition for like being Optimus Prime and all that kind of thing. Like, because 
There are other roles of his he's definitely done for sure, but yeah, mm-hmm. obviously that's definitely one of his most iconic roles. And I even remember, like, I think the last time we had Solbar on, when we were talking in in peace, rest in peace to our Kevin Conroy at the time, that not to put down the other actors of Optimus Prime or anything else touch out there, the other good ones out there who have done him, but usually mm-hmm. when people think Optimus Prime, they think Peter Cullen first because there's been he's done a fair few animated depictions and he's done the live action movies and all that kind of deal too. So mm-hmm. you know. Overall, in general, you know. Yeah, and and not just that too. It's like they're like like one of the things that that caught my attention when we what, what, that caught my attention when we did when we started discussing this is like we started seeing a, like like you open up his like IMDb or you open up his Wikipedia and you start seeing the roles and you're like, wait, he was in that? Really? As a matter of fact, I just saw I just saw a role right here that that kind of threw me off that kind of threw me off guard when we started talking about it a little bit more. It's like, are you kidding me? He was that character? And yeah. And like I said, like you, once you start figuring out stuff, like oh man, he was he was doing this and doing that, and like he was like, he did a lot of really cool roles, like like in like cartoons and even and like in, and not just cartoons, but like in movies and TV shows as well. So oh, yeah. like you know, so um, so why don't we so why don't we get started with like talking about like you know what are like you know obviously we, why don't we get started with talking about his like best role, like the like his definitive role, which is Optimus, you know? Yeah. Um, it, he's he's been the voice of Prime since the very beginning, you know. He's been on and off. Obviously, there's been others like you know, we've had um, uh, what was the name? Um, there, there have been various other actors that, that that played him over the years, but like none has been like, as iconic and as memorable as uh, as Peter Cullen. So, uh, for you, um, Sobro, out of all the Optimus Primes that we've seen over the years, you know, what what, what was your favorite iteration of him? And like, what was your, what was single like, like your favorite movie if you have one of like that original iteration or any iteration that you? Well, I would say that um, out of all the Optimus Primes that he has played, um, easily his best version is in Transformers Prime. Uh, I think it's probably the most fleshed out version of the character in animation. Um, and uh, you know, he is a bit more similar to the movie version of Optimus Prime, and not not Transformers the animated movie, but the Michael Bay movies version mm-hmm. in Prime, but. He's a bit better in Prime because I don't have a lot of love for the Michael Bay movies. Uh, and I know he doesn't really care for Optimus Prime's depiction in some of those movies, just the way he's just a, uh, a bit different than um, you would imagine him to be after you know watching the animated series and, and seeing other versions of him. But he's fantastic in Prime. Uh, I think it was a chance for him to come full circle with the character. And he really did a great job. It was great to have uh, his, his good buddy in real life, uh, Frank Welker, uh, to come back and play Megatron, so they got to play opposite of each other. I just wanted to know if they uh, actually got to record in the same room like they did with the original animated series back in the day. I know it's not a common practice nowadays that they don't record all together anymore, which I think is something that needs to go back to happening because uh, I think the chemistry between all these actors uh, is so much better when they're together and not working mm-hmm. opposite a, a voice director uh, alone. Um, but yeah, he just he really nailed that character the end of that series is tear jerking um and uh you know for me when it comes to peter cullen in general playing optimus prime he's such a a father figure to a lot of us you know i have a dad i, I unfortunately i i have both my parents still to this day uh and i know not a lot of people do or people are in situations where they uh dealt with a divorce as a, as a young kid and uh, didn't really have their father around a lot so um you know, Optimus Prime became a father figure to a lot of kids, which is what sent a lot of people over the edge when Transformers the movie came out in 1986 and they killed off Prime in that movie. Um, it really did a number on a lot of kids, so much so that a letter campaign 
um, started and, and eventually led to uh, Prime being resurrected. But uh, mm-hmm. Peter Cullen's depiction of that character is so fantastic. And it, it really touches the heart when you find out that um, Optimus Prime's depiction, at least initially, is based on his brother Larry. Uh, when it mm-hmm. comes to Peter Collins, a real-life older brother, Larry, who served in the Marines and uh, told him, if you're going to play a hero, be a real hero. Don't be one of these fake Hollywood heroes playing real. And when his brother told him that as advice, when he was trying to figure out how to play Optimus Prime, he realized the inspiration for Prime was right there in front of him. Uh, his brother, a war hero and uh, a proud Marine, is like, yo, you have you have a great voice. I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to take that. And I'm going to put it in this character. And uh, a legend was born that day. And um, it's it's amazing. And uh, it's a lifelong tribute to his brother. That's why I see that Peter Cullen gets so defensive when other people play Prime. And, um, you know, he, he'd rather play Prime as much as he possibly can before he, you know, parts his mortal coil. Uh, because, you know, it's a chance for him to reconnect with his brother again every time he plays him. And that, to me, is super touching. Um uh, I just I've loved Prime ever since I was introduced to him in 1984. Um, but yeah, his his best depiction is easily Transformers Prime, without a doubt. Rob, would you what would you say is your definitive Prime? And any any moments of of Prime of that particular Prime stick out on with you? Uh, in in regards to this, in my answer, in rega- uh, my answer and all that stuff, when I think of Peter's ones that he's, he's played at the very least, yeah. I personally lean towards the original series because here's something that I'm going to say in regards to when I think about, um, yeah, Sober already touched on that, um, that little thought that I would have probably brought up myself when it comes to Prime and now the depiction is more of a, he's a little more of a slightly more action-y oriented Optimus in his mm-hmm. mindset and in, in his, um, his personality and that kind of thing because the basis comes from obviously, you know, a different, you know, setting and all that kind of deal with Michael Bay's influence and all that kind of deal and what. Yeah. You know. worse, but you know, so but um going to the original series Generation One is like I believe that if you look at some of the episodes, like even though there's a there was a bunch of writers on all, across all three or four seasons of the original series, mm-hmm. there are times that we see hints of him and like even like in the new um comic as well, like I would say this similarly, that they're touching on that kind of that sometimes you see him being Firm, a leader, a pillar of strength, sometimes reassuring to some of his his fellow Autobots that aren't so sure of themselves sometimes and that kind of thing when they have doubts and all this kind of stuff. Like he's one of those rocks and that kind of thing, and that sometimes also he can be gentle with others. He's willing to throw himself in 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 the line of fire to protect humans sometimes and that kind of thing over his own life and all that stuff. Like, you know, he has like just like a lot of traits in him that have set like a a basis for his foundation, that kind of thing, and like pretty much in the end, like that's mm-hmm. how Optimus is, and like you know, like even like as flip as flipping uh, messed up the uh, Dark Awakening is from season three, how yeah. dark that episode is, like Oof. um, because I'll say it also when I'm thinking about this. In the movie, it's sad. It's a it's a drawn out fight between him and Megatron, last kind of thing, because he yeah. like came out to help out his fellow Autobots enough because like they're being laid siege to and that kind of deal. And mm-hmm. then you know it's like no, who could, who else could really stop Megatron? It's like not really too many people could if they tried really at all because you know everything was just okay like on that fire on Earth. Um, but with Dark Awakening, there's this whole setting that's or this whole pretense, I guess, yeah, or whatever. Or the whole idea is you know that he's been you know brought back from death and 
he's not the same as what he normally is and all that kind of thing because he's corrupted but by the Krennistons like reprogramming him and everything just to like use him as a tool as like a, a weapon to like lure them into a trap and everything and that kind of thing eventually but even if there's still like little shades of him you see throughout the course of that episode like him trying to like come out or come back to sort of his friends and it's painful for him sometimes and all that kind of deal and then, mm-hmm. you know, I find personally that the death in Dark Awakening to me is actually more sadder than what happened to him in Transformers the movie, because it's like yeah. he decides, you know what? Rodimus, take the Matrix back. Save the fleet. Go back to Cybertron. Take them all off. And get the fleet back again, all that kind of thing, like, you know, the Cybertron. And he takes the command ship and just takes it and runs it, you know, at the Quintessence trap with, like, you know, missile missile or laser fire and all that kind of thing, hitting the ship. And for just fucking him up as he's, like, you know, sacrificing himself. And just you know, at the at the end, slams himself into that into that bomb, all that all that kind of thing, and just yeah, he just saved them all just to make sure that all of the rest of the Autobots came out okay or fine as much as he could do, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's kind of how I feel in that regard because that's when I look at Generation One Optimus, it's just yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of little layers to him. Sometimes people maybe overlook a little bit of that kind of thing, but I can see some of those kind of bits like poking up in that new comic one even kind of I think as well. They're kind of touching on some of those bits that maybe haven't always been touched on in more recent mm-hmm. years. So yeah, anyway, I'll give it to you, Ramses. Um, in terms of because I'm also with you guys, but like oh, G1 is always going to be my, my favorite. I will say, recently, very recently, as a matter of fact, with Rise of the Beast, I I you know all you know what some of the things I do like about Rise of the Beast is that I like the way they depicted Optimus Prime as this guy who has to carry a lot of guilt. He's, he's yeah. He, they, one of the things I, I liked is that you know they even pointed out like yeah he was kind of dead and he had, like, he got all stranded here and it's like and you can tell like the not, like but the way he talks and like just the way the actions he does he feels very guilty for for putting his for putting his for putting everybody here on for putting for stranding everybody on earth and you know he's making the best of it you know he's making the best of it you know even though sometimes like his subordinates are like you know they're they're way into the human culture too much and like but it's it's that kind of like fatherly thing of, like. Yeah, okay, Boomer, but at the same time, too, it's also very much, it's very reassuring because, like, he's the type of guy that's like, okay, I put everybody here, now it's my, I have to put that responsibility on my shoulders now. I do really appreciate that. And in terms of, like, G1, there's one thing I really like about G1 that people tend to, like, overlook. Um, I'm just talking about being a stern and, like, father figure. He's not afraid to have fun. No, no, he's not. He's, like, he's the type of guy that's, like, you know... He's like, like you know, he's how guy that would say a one liner and stuff like that, and, and not be like, not Lee Cronin inducing. Like, I always remember the what was it? Well, I know this episode. Is, is this the one? Is this episode where the what's the name of the episode with uh, where they capture all the Autobots and he's being hunted down by like a by a hunter, by by, by a price hunter? Oh, um, Prime Target. Prime yeah, Target. Prime Target. So in that one, like for some, like for for most of it, it's it's that it's that guy as, as a bad guy. But randomly, just put they put um randomly they put in um uh Blitzwing and and, and um Astral Train in just for mm-hmm. no for just just to have this to say hey we got villains in here we got the Decepticons here and like they just were just these bumbling idiots and he gives like the greatest line ever he says imagine that a booby trap that captures boobies yeah that's one of his <laughs> that's one of his more famous ones I've got one that actually didn't remind me about that um there's one from one from Countdown to Extinction. Um, basically, Megs and the other Decepticons are like come up from like the little like you know Doctor Archerville's like um, lab and all that mm-hmm. kind of thing. When they found all this shit, and it's like because like they were chasing after him and 
kind of Starscream at the same time, sort of, like the trail. Mm-hmm. And uh, Megatron gets like uppercutted by Prime up onto a ledge, and then Megatron decides to like, with one arm, grab a boulder, and is like, here, have a ton of fun! And Prime <laughs> and Megatron misses and nails Rumble with the boulder. Prime just laughs, and he's like, <laughs> your, your aim's improving, Megatron. So it's like, you know, like Megatron fucked up, he missed. He nailed Rumble and Optimus is just standing there mocking them both. Like that shit. Yeah, and and that's that's the thing that gets kind of like lost with the thing that got kind of lost in like all of in all of this. Like as the as the Michael Bay stuff started becoming more and more prevalent and and the more and more as of late they've been stepping out of it with like Bumblebee and in um and in Rise of the Beast. But like more so in like the, those original movies, it's like they they made a way too like serious like dude, you're in a Michael. Yeah, they, movie. yeah, like I said, they, <laughs> they, they they get in more towards it actually kind of like prime and that kind of thing. And it's like it's fine, but sometimes but you got, there's also like there's like the reason why a lot of people connected with Optimus Prime is the fact that he was very human, and that's like, mm-hmm. in those interactions when he when he's interacting with like when he's interacting with like humans like Spike and stuff like that, he's very comforting and he's very much like you know. This is how we used to be. Now this is like this is this planet is very interesting. Like he he has an invested interest. He's very much like very much like uh he's very attentive and like but like I said also too he's not afraid to like say to say a, a dumb corp here and there with like with like the the Michael Bay movies they made it way 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 too serious and like dude like that that I think that's I think I think he's he's too serious and too psychotic to a fault. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what kind of killed. That's what kind of like killed a lot of that those, those movies. And thankfully, they pulled back so much in the, in the they pulled back a lot of that in, in the, these last two movies. Even though in Bubble, right. he didn't really come out much. But in Rise of the Beast, you can tell it's like he's a lot more reserved than his. He was a lot more. He was a lot more. A lot more reserved. Um, Optimus Prime in, in, of a, mo- a movie Optimus Prime than he was in other in, in other instances. So yeah. Mm. And like I said, like that, that's one of the things that, that, that that's one of the things that that um that, that always gets always overlooked. It's like there there's there's humanity to not just not to, there's a lot of humanity to Optimus Prime that I think gets gets forgotten. I think that should be something that uh, that's something I, I've noticed with like that uh with the with the Skybound um Energon universe stuff is that they try to make him even more human yes. by, by make it by by giving him like the more human like traits. And the problem with the IDW like I, like I love the IDW stuff. I think that those stuff is great. But I think the I think the problem with the IDW stuff is that sometimes Optimus Prime gets kind of too caught up with like the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. He got he got way too caught up with the bigger picture all in every instance he can, and that felt like Optimus Prime was just there for for the most part. Right. And he he didn't really like I I won't say he didn't really connect. Like there are some parts there's there's times where he did connect with like the with like the with the leader and stuff like that. But I did feel like with the IDW stuff. It felt like too like he was too much of the center of everything, but everybody else was having was, had a little more fleshed out things. And now that we're kind of have, now that kind of had a fresh reset in this Energon universe, we're seeing a lot of the stuff that kind of like was missing from that from the from those years of comic books of him being like the straight up like stern like commander type, or just being right there because like they had to put his name on it. To being some a little bit with some a little bit more of a personality, a little bit more of humanity, too. or even just sounds like some that white uh, just goofy moments sometimes too or on occasion that kind of thing and like yeah. I was just thinking like oh yeah um one of the other funniest little moments I remember from the series off the top of my head um in the Master Builders Optimus decides on his spare time to take up a tiny bit of uh, basketball yes yeah 
just, just, just so randomly. It all starts off playing around with doodling with Spike, and the like. Spike can't keep up, and then later on, when he's at Teltran one on the on the command chair, and it's like he's just rolling a ball between his his uh, arms and elbows, and it's like, damn, right, <laughs> going off. <laughs> yeah. Not just yes. that. Like, where the where the heck did he find a ball that big? That's what I want to know. <laughs> maybe Will, maybe Wheeljack made one for him or something like that. I'm pretty sure he did. I'm pretty sure he did. I'm pretty sure what they did is like they made it way too big at first, and it's like, dude, we need you to make it smaller. And you made one like more human size. Like, no, we need to make it bigger again. It just it was back. It was one of those constant back and forth because Wheeljack is insane. Yeah. An inspiration. And it's, he was an inspiration for. He was partially an inspiration for my VTuber. I'll just say that. Mm. Oh, wow. Okay. So, um, but. You know, we like we we all we we love Ryan. We we all we really do adore. We we all adore the Optimus Prime so much that that's why we could spend like hours talking about how good he is. But he's done more than just being Optimus Prime, you know. So so bro, is there yes. any role that sticks out in your brain of the of the legendary Peter Cullen that you would love to discuss? Well, um, and not so much a role, but a uh, a a um part his other part of his job, which he is a magnificent uh narrator and uh um, narrator of trailers specifically um growing up in the 80s you heard a lot of trailers for tv shows and movies where peter cullen would come on uh almost as much well maybe not as much as don lafontaine but pretty close um you'd hear him do a lot of stuff but what where he really hit his peak though his peak was when um the cats at williams street got Mm -hmm. the idea to say, yo, you know who's a great voice actor and would kill these trailers for our shows? Peter Cullen. And so they put him on the trailers for Toonami. And man, let me tell you, some of the best trailers of all time have his voice behind them. Uh, the Gun the Wing trailer stands out as probably the best That's of all. That's all I'm going to say. Gun the Wing is always the one that I come back to in my back of my brain when you think when you say that. He brutalized that. He did a great job with um, the Mobile Suit Gundam, the the 1979 original series trailer. Yeah. I love that. That's my personal favorite, to be honest. Um, but he also did like almost all the animes. Dragon Ball, any Dragon Ball trailer he did, he killed it. Like, just without a doubt, man. He's so magnificent. Um, but I also grew up... I, it might be that the first time I ever heard Peter Cullen that I can recall was when he was the narrator in Voltron. Um, and he was also the voice of Koran as well in Voltron, uh, the aide to Princess Allura uh, in the original 1984 Voltron. But his uh, narration voice for Voltron, uh, sorry, not Voltron, but the narrator, uh, it's quite similar to Optimus Prime. It's just not as maybe as uh, uh, as 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 I would say uh, buoyant. It's kind of just more straight delivery. But um, yeah, um, him as a narrator of just TV shows. And movie trailers is fantastic. Uh, there's a there's a playlist on YouTube you can look just uh, Peter Cullen trailers and there's a playlist. I just that comes I just out. I just I just linked that on. I just you did, that on oh you just linked it. There you go, right there. You can you can enjoy all of a that. Lot of, uh, a lot of it. I'm noticing a lot of it is canon films. So that's yeah. so that's up your alley. Hey, man, he kept them in business, man. They, he put he put these kids through college. I'm sure just off yeah. of them trailers alone. But um, he also did a lot of voices. In um, shows productions from uh, Sunbow. Um, Sunbow was uh, the animation um, group that, uh, or the the company that uh, helped to produce a lot of the shows and the, the cartoons in the '80s that we grew up watching, like Transformers, GI Joe, Visionaries, um, of course, um, Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, they basically 
Uh, it's not so much Sunbow. I'm sorry. It's uh, Marvel Marvel Productions. Yeah. Marvel Productions. Su- Sunbow is uh, so this, uh, it's a long story about like them yeah, yeah, being some, part some, of some, some. Uh, them being part of Hasbro. That's all I gotta say. But yes, a lot of yes, it is with you. a lot of it was with, with Marvel. So was, yeah, absolutely. Think, yeah, because like, but yeah, keep going. Keep going. No, no, you're good. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Basically, uh, his his work with them, he was all over those shows. Primarily, of course, Transformers, but a lot of people also know him best as uh the vi- voice of the villain in uh, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, which I want to say is uh Venger. Venger. Yeah, Venger. 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 Yeah. Um, and uh, I I won't go on, but uh, I'll I'll turn it back over to you guys to rotate this around. But uh, yeah, uh, him as a narrator is probably. Uh, one of my favorite things. Anytime I hear him do a trailer, I bug out. Man, it's great. Um, oh, Comey Burns rough. says the Outlaw Outlaw Star promo trailer. Yes, yes, all of my yes for that. Yeah, the Out, Outlaw Star trailer is incredible, and a lot of the spots he did, even the spots he did on Tsunami, were so good. Like you would, I would tape them. I would tape those shits. It's so good. But yeah, just to find a, a playlist or a montage on YouTube. Of those spots, he just did such a great job, and I'm so glad that William Street put him to task, man. It's, it's fantastic. But back to y'all. I'm sorry. Um, Rob, is there any rules that that Sobo didn't mention that you um that that you that you want to bring up that of anything that you particularly? I'll touch on so, some some little ones in ways because um uh, as I as we kind of were talking pre-show and that kind of thing, we had some more like force falling around that kind of thing. But Koran is definitely well known. But Commander Hawkins from the Vehicle Force team is also another instance of a... It's pretty much like the narrator voice, but he's one of the main um, commanding figures on the Vehicle team, um, Voltron. That happened, oh, yeah. I think, a little bit, uh, just a little bit after the line team ended and all that kind of thing. And he's just basically using his Optimus Prime voice, and it's just... Wow, it's just... He's got something going with his voice, doesn't he? Sure, that you know he's getting away using it like all over the place and all that, <laughs> and all that kind of thing. If you want an example, I just put it in the, in the chat there, um, because he was just one of those, or another like a, a commander and authority figure, and all that kind of thing, as like a as sort of a uh, a mentorish kind of person or advisor kind of person to the uh, the free leaders of the vehicle force team, like mm-hmm. the free individual like sub commanders of the free groups, um. And just even like on board the ship, you would sort of be like talking, like you know, with the uh, the ship's captain and like uh, uh, going over like crew routines and that kind of thing. He's just talking casually, and then this Peter Co- in his Optimus Prime voice is just like, "Dude, this is always just great. You're just doing a great job with this voice, using it always like this, all the time." <laughs> but um, if I jump to some other stuff, um, because Venture got brought up, that's another one from Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some other little ones though that people might not be as familiar with though. There was the filmation Ghostbusters, which we had discussed. Me and Ramsey had discussed a while back. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a filmation spotlight, and he did a bunch of characters actually in that one for one of the protagonists, Eddie Spencer, like the secondary, like uh, Brady Cat, but good-hearted, uh, meaning well, good-meaning dude, and mm-hmm. all that. And his voice kind of sounds—it's a little bit like kind of um, what's the right word that I'll be looking for? It's more of a softer voice, but not necessarily a cowardly voice. But it's a uh, hmm, what's the right word I'm looking for? It's uh, it's 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 a more higher pitch, like it's except because like he does like there is variety to his voice because he has like the he has more of like his more stern, more gruff voice. But you mm-hmm. know, it's it, it, almost prime voice. And then you have like then you have pretty much like demon incarnated, which is 
Avenger. And then you get to my pick later as to like what that particular voice is. Mm-hmm. And then you got like the then you just got goofball. Yeah, 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 kind of like weird like um, yeah. voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Doc says it's almost shaggy. Like there you go. Yes, it kind of is actually when I think about it in a sense. Yeah, right. Then, I go. guess. Yeah. Yeah, which isn't what you hear too often. But here's the no. funny thing with that voice, and I and I realized this later when I was like looking for some clips and things. Actually, yeah. when I heard this character's voice on Transformers later, there's a there's one of the protector bots streetwise, the police car who transforms into you know one of the five protector bots. He's using that. He's using kind of that sameish baseline voice for that protector bot as mm. that Eddie voice, basically. Like yeah, kind of slightly he, higher tone voice, basically. Yeah, he'll. He, I mean, uh, I'll get. Uh, I'll get to something later, but that's not the very first time he's done that voice. And I remember, like, but yeah, that, that, that like you know, he, he's used that voice so much in like other stuff that's not like of uh, of a uh, uh, that that's not of, of Ghostbusters. Trust me. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then okay, there's only two other ones for that, and then there's one other one element after, and that's all my ones because otherwise the other ones have been touched on. So there was two villains he did in the series. Mm-hmm. One of these voices he does for the character called Bratterat is oh. not one that too many people have heard too often. Yeah. But it actually, there was one other show he did before, before called Rainbow Bright. Yeah, and absolutely. And he used that same voice for the main lead, like, constant Mur- recurring bad guy. Murky yeah. Dismal? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's that same kind of yes. very raspy, kind of very in your face kind of, uh, voice kind of evil voice like very you know and that kind of thing and he's basically like prime evils like and then he's like it's <laughs> and he's just he's just like this little like sort of like there like sometimes he's kind of cool sometimes he's not kind of cool kind of annoying dude just you know he's around but yeah, yeah. for the reference that's that that's the uh link for that one in the put in the chat as well if anyone does not know this is, I think that might be only like one of two times he's done that voice or something, because I don't think he's done it too often since, I think. Mm. Like, I haven't heard him like use it regularly when I think about it, honestly. And then now, the, hmm? Oh, go ahead. Oh, go for it. Go for it. What no, were you no, going to say? No, no, go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, um, I don't know if you're going to say this one, but you don't have to stray too far from Transformers to find another voice that he did that was freaking great. Um, and he would find himself talking to himself a lot because he did this character's voice, too. Um, are, you, are you thinking? I was gonna say, are you thinking of who I'm thinking? And that would be Ironhide. Ironhide is low key his his other awesome voice that he does. Ironhide, uh, just watching the beginning of Transformers the animated movie from 1986, and him having that conversation where um, Ironhide says, "But Prime, no, listen, Ironhide. I don't know if he did that." separately the two voices separately or if he switched up on the fly i like to think he switched up on the fly because a lot of voice actors do that i know Cree summer does that all the time mm-hmm. when she's voicing two characters she'll switch between them so will um also uh oh my god what's her name regina king when she plays uh both uh riley and um huey. and huey on the on the on the boondocks she'll switch up on the fly uh doing both their voices when that's she's actually a, doing that's the only, performance. I, I I saw I saw I saw a video of that it's so mm-hmm. it, it, it it's blows crazy. my mind. It's it, it that's when you know you're a gifted voice actor and I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure Peter Cullen can do it too. He's probably done it at conventions. So it wouldn't yeah. surprise me if that's the case. But yeah, Ironhide, low key um if it wasn't for Optimus, Ironhide would definitely be my favorite. But uh mm-hmm. back back yeah. to you guys. Sorry about that. Yeah. I'm no. done with it. I've got one more after this. Um so Haunter, this is basically Peter Cullen Doing a kind of a uh, uptight, slightly arrogant sounding um, game hunter like Brit kind of voice, basically. 
That's Quantum. Nice. For the same theories as well. And I think Ramsey said, said that he might have heard that voice, uh, Peter the Winner, voice on something else, I think. Somewhere? Hmm. I think you said, like, um, he did something similar, like, what was the. Um, Dragon's Lair, was it you said? Yes, Dragon's Lair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, snap. He, was a, he, he played kind of like the rival to Dirk the Daring. I, the, yes. Um, what was his name? I, had I, forget his, I forget his name, too. I'll have to look it up. I, I can find it. But, uh,. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like, I remember, I, yeah, it was like I, I remember. Oh, Beltram, Beltram the there Knight. He was he was like he he was kind of like Dirk's uh, kind of like his rival. He was trying to go for the single fisher for Princess Daphne and all that show. Oh, yeah. and it's like yeah, he would do that kind of like like kind of like this like it's kind it's kind of like that high pitch thing he does, but also kind of like very realish. Mm-hmm. So like yeah, he he he, he can do it. He's, yeah, but it's like, it was like one of those fun ones. Is like he's like trying to because you know like all the actors on the show are definitely on you know like various like um, things they just pull off like accents or like uh, voices depending on the need of like the um, show and whatever kind of thing. Like like it surprised me like later on in season three of the Transformers just randomly that um, Dan Gilzavan was the one who was doing Outback for example, and it's mm-hmm. like huh, I didn't realize he could pull off like a halfway decent Aussie accent kind of. So, mm-hmm. Wow. You know, for example, because he's just like, you know, Bumblebee or um, one of your other characters sometimes, and you hear similarities, but then he pulls off one like that, and it's like, that one's different. Anyway, so the last one I've got here is from the series Dino Riders, and he did the the character Gunner, who was one of the Mm -hmm. uh, trusted um, second, like, uh, higher-up characters on the series, and um, his character voice is basically similar to what he did for, like, Airborne in G.I. Joe. He's kind of yeah. like a slightly more gruff, like sounding uh, veteran kind of dude and all that, basically. Mm-hmm. It's different from his Optimus voice for sure, but it's still mm-hmm. one of those kind of cool voices you, you hear Peter Cullen pull off. Right. So, you know, it's not exactly like Ironhide, and it's like, it's definitely a little bit like, I would say, lower, actually, tonally, and all that. Mm-hmm. So there we go. That's my ones all done. So, yeah. Man, I'm amazed you, right. didn't, didn't mention, amazed you didn't mention uh, GoBots, man. But, you know, we don't yeah. support GoBots here. We don't support that. We go, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking over my shoulder, and I brought like one of those transformers that they actually dressed up as a GoBot. I'm like, mm. oh yeah, man. So like, uh, I, 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 let's, let's just say, let's just let's just say someone on this show has questioned, has changed my opinion on GoBot over the last couple of years. I won't mention. Oh, oh. I, I won't. Say, it's, it's not. It's, it's not you, so bro, and it's not oh, me. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, t- technically they're part of the Transformers universe now. But uh, Peter Cullen was a forerunner because he and a bunch of the other same voice actors that worked on Transformers also worked on Challenge of the GoBots. So you know, they were they were they were moonlighting on I'm both sides sure, of the fence. <laughs> I'm very sure. I'm very sure they were voicing in the same booth at the same time. Whenever like they had like whenever like, oh, yeah. whenever Wally Burrow was something like, look, take five minutes off, but you need to go to the other. You need to go to the studio down. Down, yeah, down, 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 down back there because you need you need you need a. Yeah, and it's like it's like it's like from um, Frank Walker doing Megatron. It's like okay, now we need you to do Squirrel. And it's like oh, yeah, only oh, one. Yeah. I seen you know the worst part is I've seen him do like in real life. Like I haven't seen it, but I've seen videos of him just do like like he's like he say like he always say like Frank Walker is always great. Like if you need like a cat in a blender, he'll do the mm-hmm. cat in the blender voice perfectly on the spot. And yes. It's like, <laughs> that's always been that's always been like the thing that's always stick up to me. So whenever I, so that's why it's it's not like out of out of the I don't that's, that's kind of normal for me to hear like stories about like him like switching from his from his Megatron voice to like say or his Soundwave voice to like Scooter. 
yeah. So I was like, that's not. But uh, I love you. Like you know, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna go the the road less less traveled here because there's a lot of like we can mention like we mentioned a lot of great ones. You guys always mention all the great ones, and you guys all you all all took the you all took all the best ones. But Uh I no don't don't feel bad because I because like I like for me. I like I like I like the deep cuts. I like when I like when I had to like dig deep into everything and just go into the grime and everything and like look for something. And, that, and that's always been that's always been on my wheelhouse. Whenever someone mentions something weird or obscure or they reference something like that that the only like a guy like me would get, I'm that guy. I'm that guy that loves it. <laughs> Mr. Deep Cut. Yes, I am. And one of the things that we were talking about off stream was um, like the multitude of voices he used to do. It was not just like in cartoons, like like we we discussed a lot of his cartoons, but like he also he used to do like TV shows, movies, and stuff like that. Yeah. And one of his most notable yeah. voices for me is him being um is is he is him being the predator, being the voice of the predator yeah. himself. Even though you don't yes, get indeed. to hear him much, he does mm-hmm. the he does like all the noises and everything like that. He did a lot of the voice. He's he's I, I, like he's not as prolific doing voices as doing weird voices as say um, Frank Welker. But he's done a sure. lot of like weird. He's done a lot of like he's done a lot of the weird stuff for. He's done a lot of weird voices over the last. If you look at where his, like his <laughs> stuff, like he he was like a voice. He's a, I'm pretty sure he's a, they, they used I'm seeing here. He was a lot. He did a lot of voices for Gremlins. So I'm pretty mm. sure he was, he must have he must have one of one of random Gremlin just screaming like a maniac there. But yeah, like the voice of the predator. Like, I can't. Yes. Like, <laughs> I, heard it. I heard it. I heard it. I heard it. And then also stuff like you know when he has to do the loud at the very end, oh, so good. And it's like and he has to repeat a lot of the stuff that that he was overheard as well, like you know. So mm-hmm. it's stuff like that. It's 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 that was really cool. And then another one that kind of like popped in my brain was um it, 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 this is a one off role for me. It was him as it was him as Car on uh, Night Rider. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Like you know, like he only appeared in, he only used his particular voice in one episode, but like he nailed it in that one episode, really good. <laughs> and it's sad that they didn't they didn't bring him back in like the in they didn't bring him back later for in the series, but I knew they did, they did bring him back in that remake show. And at least we, the least amount of time we talk about that show, the better. But no, yeah. uh, <laughs> but it's, I mean, it was great for it was great that at least that they that they uh, that they got that they got away with like yeah he got to play like this like. Yeah, he had to he had to do something like that. And so that's weird because you know, like people always say like all oh, the hero roles he plays, but no, like, like you guys mentioned Venger and Venger, I think so like one of my favorite roles, like hands down. Oh, like, yeah. That is one of my favorite ones because like I like uh, I remember like um I've mentioned this to Jay who was a, a very big um, Dungeons and Dragons person. And I've only gotten to Dungeons and Dragons recently. I that, that only only recently have I started playing it more seriously that like, like in, in such a way where it's like I can like build the character sheet and stuff like that. But like I was always, I would always be part of like I knew I knew what Dungeons and Dragons was because of like media. I was, I saw I had an unfortunate experience with, with that first movie, um, and then um, but then I I tuned and I remember when they used to re, they they were re-airing the cartoon a few years a few years afterwards like in, in the nineties like I think just around the time the movie came out and I mm-hmm. rediscovered that show and I rediscovered how much I really loved that cartoon. And I really mm-hmm. love how like how like Venger was like this commanding monster. Really, really, really evil and really cool. And like, it was like it, it, like it was one of those villains, like you know, because like he, he was competent. He was like because the kids would beat him by the skin of their teeth. But you know, mm-hmm. but it was also one of those things where it's like, man, like he was one of the few villains. That's like like there were like one of the few villains that, that got the job done in in that era. And like he and it was, and his proof also from his voice as well. 
Yeah, as popular as uh, fantasy is now as a genre, it's kind of amazing. And and with all the different uh, shows that are based on uh, role-playing games and, and Dungeons and Dragons type games as well, like a bunch of animated series and whatnot, um, yeah. I, I can't believe they haven't decided to do a limited series picking up where Dungeons and Dragons left off and finishing out the story. Because the last episode of that show was actually written, but they never got to animate it. But if they wanted to, they can actually flesh out that season. They could do some in-depth shit that would be super cool and bring back as many of the voice actors that are still around to reprise their roles, including Peter Cullen. Peter I think Cullen. Peter Cullen would sound better as Venger now as an older man than mm -hmm. he did when he was younger, and he'd probably be super sinister as that character. And then you can age the show up at the same time that you're picking that you're picking it up. I don't. They're wasting time. I, it, it, Paramount could do it since they have the license to Dungeons and Dragons right now. Um, and, I mean, they, and, we're talking about doing a live action TV show anyway. So if they do that and they get him to voice Ven Venger in that, that'd be super cool. Um, but and, um, and, and I would love had, to see had, it continue. And you just had a movie recently, and the movie actually did. Like the movie didn't yeah. do too well in theaters, but it no. did incredible and in, it did incredible in, on streaming. Why not exactly. just take it? Why, why not take it? It's a fun movie. And yes, mm -hmm. after this one, and mm -hmm. I was gonna say, um, if you look very closely, the kids are right there. Yeah, they are. <laughs> There's two things that 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 um that recently happened that um kind of uh pay uh huge homage. To that animated series, and one of them is that and that movie, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, which is great. I love that movie. I can't. I hope they do a TV show like they've been talking about. Yes. Or another our sequel would be fantastic. But that movie, if you haven't seen it, please go check out. Especially if you have uh, Paramount Plus, uh, you can watch it on there right now. But um, the other thing that came out was there was a a car manufacturer from some place in um from some country. Brazil. In South, in South is Brazil, right? Yes. Uh, they did a series of commercials with live actors playing the characters from the animated series. Um, and then there's one last commercial where the kids finally get home, and it's it's it, it it's a little bit of catharsis for those who grew up watching that show, uh, that finally got to see that happen. So it's super cool, man. I I, I would love to see them finish that story, and uh, put it into it, especially as popular as Dungeons and Dragons is as a property now. I cannot understand why they haven't done it. So, who knows? It'd, it'd be nice to see if they would do it, but uh, we're not the ones running Hollywood. So, who knows? No, if, if we were running Hollywood, if we were running Hollywood, it'd be in flames about in, in like about two hours tops. It just might be anyway after the strikes. So, well, <laughs> no, it, it, it reminds me of a joke that me and my me and my friend Vicky um, Nettie mm -hmm. used to say, like, because we're both wrestling fans. And we say, don't yeah. ever give us, don't ever give us a rest, don't ever make us bookers at a wrestling, a wrestling federation, like like a major one, like WWE or AEW, because the minute right. you give it to us, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, so, so gonna explode. Something, it's, it's, so, everything's gonna be on fire, and no one's gonna know what to do afterwards. <laughs> we, we're gonna be that, like we're gonna screw up that bad. Man. So you have to have to find out what Vince McMahon was doing. It's already on fire. <laughs> oh God! Oh God! Oh God! Oh, yeah. But not to get into that. <laughs> Mo moving on. Oops. Moving on. Um. So I mentioned a deep cut. I mentioned a really deep cut earlier. So mm -hmm. uh, why don't we why don't we get into like our deep 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 cuts here? Like if you want to bring up one particular role that you remember, like that, that that's off that off the beaten path for him that you get that you like to bring up. So Sobro, do you have any particular role of his that that kind of off the beaten path that you want to bring up? Well, I mean, um, you guys reminded me that he was the first person 
in Western media to ever voice uh, Mario. Uh, there, for those that don't know, there was an uh, animated show called Saturday Supergate, which uh, came on in the early 80s. Uh, it featured characters uh, in their own little 15-minute uh, uh, episodes. Uh, it was, I think it was the show was about an hour long, but it yeah. uh, had about four different shows uh, in there. And one of them was Qbert. Another one was, uh, I forget what the other ones were. Frogger, but the final Donkey, Kong, Donkey Kong, Frogger, and Pitfall. You got it. So in Donkey Kong specifically, um, it features both uh, Donkey Kong, um, uh, what's her name? Uh I forget the woman's Pauline. name now. Uh, Pauline, thank you, God, and I love that character. Why? Why am I slipping? Um, and of course Mario, uh, and he voiced Mario in that. I, I recently saw an episode, probably about half a year ago, uh, and it's like, oh, I forgot that Peter Cullen was the voice of Mario in this, and that's crazy. But um, yeah, uh, he was uh, that that character. Uh, outside of that, man, um, I'm trying to think of any other major roles that I enjoyed him uh, much. Uh, I, I know he's recently. Uh, um, performing in uh invincible as as a character in that so if you guys want to see some stuff but eeyore probably is the other character that most people know him for and i know him for too i used to watch uh, uh the adventures of winnie the pooh the animated series because it was a good animated series uh disney had was on a roll in the 80s and they uh, rolled out uh the adventures of winnie the pooh and that's what established uh peter cullen as that character and he's been playing eeyore ever since and he does this cool thing where uh he has eeyore talking to optimus prime um he does it during conventions and whatnot but he's he's done a couple stints where he's played the characters against each other or sorry uh interacting with oh. each other and it's fantastic mm. so um yeah eeyore think... uh you pro most people probably know him from that and i i definitely give him props for playing that character um rob would you like to bring up any would you like to bring up any role obscure deep cut role of mr peter cullen you would like to bring up? I mean, in all honesty, I think I've kind of already done that sort of mostly already because, like, I kind of oh, yeah, because those, already that kind of thing. And yeah, even, like, even, 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 like, even like the thing of like, um, what's it called? Um, when I brought up um, Bradarat, I touched on Mucky and so I touched on Mucky Dismal from our Rainbow Bright because. Who who remembers that show really nowadays? Anyway, I do. I, I thought it was cool. It, you know, the the cool thing about uh, cartoons in the eighties is a lot of them were animated by Japanese studios. And as kids, you started to recognize which ones were and which ones weren't. And I always would catch the ones as much as I could that were animated by uh, TMS or Toei or whatever. And uh, Rainbow Bright was one of those shows. So even though there's a show made for girls, I tune in because it came on like right before Mask. So I would just sit down and watch those both, and uh, I thought it was a fun, cool show. Um, and it tickled me pink to hear Peter Cullen's voice in that show as well. So uh, for me, I I I thought I thought that was a, a a cool piece of trivia at the end of the day. And uh, yeah, that's hmm. what's up. Yeah. So like, really, I don't really have anything that really uh, I actually bring up because we kind of touched on all those things really, like at least as far as between me and Sober and Ramsey's so far, anyway. So yeah. Mm -hmm think I mean, yeah i mean i i mean like every we touch upon like pretty much all the all, all the all, all the major roles he's done over the years mostly of course like you know but you know um he's done he's like he like he the majority of his work has, was done in these and you know looking through a lot of the all the roles and it's like i completely forgot he was monterey jack on rescue rangers um oh, he was no no that, he, he wasn't monterey jack at least not that i know if that was uh what's his name um uh, another a famous voice actor, uh, Jim, Jim Cummings. Cummings. Jim Cummings yeah. was Monterey Jack, yeah. I unless he, he subbed he... sub for he... him. 
He could have okay. suffered him in an episode. I don't know, but uh, well, I know Wikipedia it, says it's got a, Wikipedia says it on here. And actually, mm-hmm. when I remember he came to a convention actually over here last year, I remember yeah. Jim Cummings saying I, he took over for that. I think for um, from Peter Cullen actually for Monterey Did Jack. Really? I think I, I, like, so. So I'm assuming that what must have happened is. What, what must have happened is I think he must have done it for a few episodes and then it's like for yeah, whatever reason. Because that happened to Transformers. Uh, Peter Cullen had to step away from playing Prime and uh, Chris Latta played Prime. <laughs> yes. In, in and it's episode, very obvious. It's very obvious. It's, oh, yeah. like, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Doctor's Prime sounds like Wheeljack. You're like, what? Yes. Yes, he did. <laughs> and actually, that's funny enough. I've seen that clip too. It's, yep. it's, it's that same episode, Countdown to Extinction, and when he's talking to Megatron and he's taking in that experimental generator and it's like yes. Wheeljack talking to Megatron. It's like, this is so damn trippy, but it's like if they had to get the lines done with a substitute kind of like doing it this this way, no, I can't do. Fair mm-hmm. enough, but it's, it's still so weird to hear Wheeljack like kind of being the lead Optimus Prime when we know it's eventually later fixed with mm-hmm. Peter Cullen and all that kind of yeah. thing. So, Yo, you he, know, uh, it's funny now that we bring it up. Uh, Peter Cullen had a story about uh, Chris Latta. For those who don't know, Chris Latta, uh, voice uh, uh, Cobra Commander. Uh, Starscream, uh, Wheeljack, uh, Sparkplug, uh, and numerous other characters throughout Transformers and G.I. Joe and other shows. And he was a stand-up comedian in real life. You can actually mm-hmm. catch a set on YouTube where it's, uh, it's a show being hosted by, um, I think it's Night at, um, Night at the Improv with uh, William Shatner. And oh. he introduces Chris Latta out on stage. And Chris Latta comes out and he's doing all sorts of voices. And one of the voices he does is Starscream slash Cobra Commander during it. It's fantastic. But... Um, Chris Latta was very animated when he did his voices in studio. And since they all recorded together, uh, people, if you sat next to Chris Latta, you got covered in sweat because this man flopped sweat like crazy when he voice acted. And they talked about it. It was not only Peter Cullen talking about it. It was also Michael Bell talking about that shit, too, because Michael Bell did the voice of Duke in G.I. Uh-huh. Joe. But if you hear Chris Latta's performances Throughout, and there's a great montage on YouTube with him doing Cobra Commander, and it's phenomenal. The energy from that man is great, but they mm. all have great stories about him. And Peter Cullen had several, so yeah, man, it's 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 crazy. I just I, I love it when they talk about recording together, and and the insane stories when they used to smoke in the studio. <laughs> I always I always like I always like I always like the story where it's like you know during in the downtime you had like during Transformers recordings they had like Scatman Crawlers would just come in with a guitar and start playing it. And it's like yeah, man. Yeah, that was a collection. That's a collection of talented motherfuckers, man. Um, Mm -hmm. It always trips me out when I um, when I watch. uh, Sorry, when I watch uh, Thundercats and I hear uh, Earl's voice, who also played the grandfather. So the father to um, Bill Cosby in uh, the Cosby show. Yeah, that's right. And and then when I watch G.I. Joe and I see one of my favorite characters, his name is uh, he plays uh, Alpine in G.I. Joe. Um, he's a black actor that you would know his voice the second you saw it, saw him. And I, I want to, I'm trying to remember what sitcom he was in, but he was in a sitcom for a long time. Um, I know he showed up in an episode of, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but he was in another sitcom and that, that brother was hilarious and his comedic timing was so good. Uh, just, especially when he was interacting with either Ricondo or, um, or, or Bazooka. Bazooka. That, mm-hmm. Oh my god. I just Every time I hear him open his mouth, I just I can't help but laugh because he is just too good. But to know that the, all these people were in the same studio, Wally Burr's studio must have had some energy to it, that these guys just put in these insane performances. And I love going back and watching uh, uh, 80s cartoons just to hear 
how good the chemistry is between the actors. And, and um, and just and it, it, it's it's funny. I'll admit this: it, when I wind down at night, I put on either Transformers or GI Joe. I put on a playlist. If you don't know, you can actually pull up the playlist on YouTube and just crush episodes from uh, yeah. the G1 shows. It's all up there. Hasbro has several channels on YouTube where you can just watch those shows in order if you want. I'll just put on a random episode, especially um, the episode The Viper. Uh, That's the a Viper great is coming. episode. Holy hey. God. I, I die laughing every time I watch that. But um, yeah, just, just to hear those performances and, and to hear how these cats did it uh, and, and to know the tragedy of the voice acting community nowadays where uh, a lot of projects don't even have these these legends in it anymore. Hollywood always loves to cast um, top these what they call top tier talent are faces who can't even voice act in a lot of ways. Uh, just people who are known. It's like we're going to put this Hollywood star in this role and and completely overlook uh, you know legends like Peter Cullen and Free Summer and, and and Frank Walker. And it's like, what are you guys doing? These guys are incredible, and you just you leave them on the bench. To put Brad Pitt in a voice acting role? Come on, son. <laughs> and not even, and even worse. That even makes worse sense now. to me. And even mm-hmm. it's getting even worse now with AI. Where it's yeah. Like, oh yeah. We, 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 oh. we need real voice actors now. We could just put an AI approximation. And you're done. Oh, let me tell you something. Uh... AI is AI is incredible, but it's also the devil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it By is also way, the devil. Mm-hmm. By the way, the actor you're looking for is Lee Weaver. Lee Weaver. Thank you, sir. That, that Lee Weaver. Um, you could probably find a montage of his work. I want to say he was in Sanford and Son. I yeah. have to look him up. But uh, he might have played Grady in Sanford and Son or whatever. But yeah, he's he's hilarious. And um, yeah, as Alpine, Alpine is, stands in my top ten Joes just mm-hmm. because he's just a funny motherfucker. But uh, yes, he is. But back back to you guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. This, is, this is perfect. This is perfect. Because. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, um, Rob, do you have do you have any other things you want to bring up? Anything else you? No, no, no. no like I said, like, I, like I think I think I've uh, mostly pulled from most of the uh, the well stuff. Like we've like bounced back and forth, not kind of thing. I mean, if we really want to say about Gobots, it's like the only character I really know from that was a regular anyway was uh, Pincher. But you know, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, yeah. I this, this, and, and, this also Turbo. I remember Turbo at least, but yeah, Turbo was actually Arthur Bogart. Oh, is that who yeah. that was? Yeah, yeah, no, the same guy Destro. who does Destro and uh, Devastator. Really? Wow. Yo, get the fuck! He's still alive, I think. To this yeah. day, I, I want to mm-hmm. say he's still alive. Yeah, I think yeah, he was recently was. at uh, RetroCon in uh, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. I think he's still doing. I think he's still, I think he's still doing acting, as a matter of fact. I still, I still think he's like doing like bit roles and stuff. I want to say I'm, I'll look him up while you guys talk. But um, so one last thing I want to bring up because I think I think we kind of already hit like the plateau because like we're 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 kind of like deviating to other stuff already. Is just like like I said before, um, some of the voices, like some of the sometimes some of the stuff you you look through like his IMDb or his um or through his like you know or his Wikipedia, and you're just like he voiced that. And the reason why I say he there's one voice that kind of like just threw me out of the loop, and it's one of his and something that that kind of caught me off guard. He was the voice of of King Kong in in the seventy in the seventy nine movie. So he was the one doing the wars and stuff like that. So again. So that's why that's why I was like, really now? Okay. I didn't I didn't <laughs> know that. So that's super cool. And, I had no idea. So yeah, I mean, look, I'll I'll I think I'll I'll end with this. Um, you know, support your voice actors. Support like, you know, if you ever get an opportunity to like sit down in a panel with them or like get to you get to meet them, you know, meet them in a professional setting. Don't be a don't be a jerk, because we heard we heard a story recently about it about a guy trying to like scam try to scam him out of some autographs. I'm like, we don't want that. We don't want that. Wow. 
Yeah. Speaking of oh, autographs, uh, speaking of autographs, um, not uh, just a slight aside. Uh, my wife, as a birthday present, she actually paid uh, one hundred and twenty dollars for both Frank Welker and Peter Cullen to sign uh, to autograph something of mine uh, at MegaCon, which is a con here in Central Florida that's coming up in uh, February. Uh, I won't get to go because I've got work and some other things, but um, she is going to take my vinyl of the uh, of the G One Transformer soundtrack. Um, uh, I have mm. the Megatron version. She's gonna take it and have them sign it. I wish I could talk to them, dude. Um, I, I've adored those guys for for decades, and I'm absolutely in awe of what they do. Anytime I hear their voice come up in something, I bug out. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I think I'll be reduced to tears. Uh, once they uh, once they do. Shout out to my friend Nick the Stampede. He's going to MegaCon. Uh, he'll get to meet him actually. I believe he's having uh, stuff signed by them as well. So I'm sure he'll he'll pass along my um. My props to them, but yeah, um, I'll, I'll finally have autographs from them, uh, and the fact that they're going to be there together is great. Uh, but we haven't talked about it much, but Frank Welker also got the uh, both. Uh, Frank Welker presented um, the uh, Lifetime Achievement Emmy for Peter Cullen recently that he won, um, and but Frank Welker, Welker got his, I believe, in 2016 as well, mm-hmm. and I believe Peter Cullen was the one that presented it to him. So they got mm-hmm. to kind of reverse the game, but those two. They do the convention circuit quite a bit. And to, to know this, I, I think that Frank Wilker is the greatest voice actor of all time that's alive today. The greatest voice actor of all time is Mel Blanc. Let's be mm-hmm. honest. And, yeah, and, and then I after, agree. After, after him, it's, um, uh, oh my God, what's her name? Uh, the lady who did the voice of Granny, June June Foray would be number mm-hmm. two. But number yeah, three yeah. is Frank. Number three is Frank Wilker. And thank God he's still with us. Yes. Um, Frank, Frank Wilker doesn't really look for the spotlight he, he's a guy who didn't really do conventions for years he didn't do conventions um he just he just kind of just enjoyed his anonymity right but peter cullen he had been enjoying the convention circuit because he's been approached by fans all the time who tell him it's like you changed my life you're one of the, the the one of the most um inspirational people to me um, he knows the power of performance and he knows that optimus prime specifically uh, is such a, a such a sweet spot for a lot of people. So he likes doing the convention circuit to talk to people, and um, he convinced Frank to start going to conventions with him. So Frank has a policy. For the most part, Frank won't do a convention without him. He won't, or at least mm-hmm. another voice actor that he knows. Um, Frank uh, and him tag team panels all the time, and you can find a slew of videos on YouTube of them um, running panels, and they're so great together. Uh, Frank Welker did the voice of Megatron in Transformers, so it's basically a panel where the guy who played Megatron is a, is rocking with the guy who played Optimus Prime, and they're having the time of their lives, and it is so good. Um, God, there was something else I wanted to say, but um, yes, um, by all means, uh, if you had the chance to see Peter Welker, I'm uh, uh, sorry, <laughs> Peter Cullen and Frank Welker, at any convention, go do it, man. Please do, and uh, and tell them Soul Bro sent you. <laughs> Please, and, and Doc says, "Dude is dude is a legend." You were correct, sir. Shout out to mm-hmm. Doc in the chat, man. That's what's up. And I was gonna I was gonna close out by saying too, like because you brought up like you know with some of the voice actors, like you know, mm-hmm. you know, you know, voice acting, you know, voice acting is a very very hard thing. And, yeah, know, and, and you know, like big or small, I think a lot of them deserve deserve respect and love, and you know. You know, don't let you know. Let's hope that you know that a lot of these voice actors don't get, get don't get caught up with the AI thing and don't and like get all the work they can because like 
Yeah. Today, today's generation, today's generation is gonna be tomorrow. This generation of today is gonna have like they're 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 gonna have their Peter Cullen in some one of these in one of these white sectors. You know, we already seen like guys like Johnny Young Bosch and stuff like that already kind of like be like you know they already have their iconic roles and they already kind of like have like cemented stuff. So like in the future, like this this generation that like you know need to have like those need to have like a Peter Cullen type voice, something that someone memorable that they always be remembering. So. Yeah, I don't think they make them like they used to because I, I, lo- I like Johnny on Bosch too, but I, I can't think of too many newer voice actors that have kind of the range that Frank and Peter do, mm-hmm. uh, except for Cree, except for Cree Summer. That's the other voice actress that I would bug out if I met her. Um, I, I adore her so much, and now she's getting into directing uh, voice actors, so I think that's so cool. Um, and she's also been script writing, and she appears live action on on shows and all that stuff too. So yeah, man. I, I just want to sit down with all those cats and and, and Rob Paulson and mm-hmm. and um, Corey um oh what's his name Corey uh, the voice of uh Spike in um Shockwave Corey Corey Burton Corey Burton uh and and uh Michael Bell and just all of them and pick their brains man I, I'm more I'm more geeked to meet a voice actor than I ever would be a live action actor although there's a few live action actors I'm cool with I'm I'm cool with meeting but voice acting actors just have this level of humility to them especially when I hear them on podcast talking about their experience and telling their stories I you know they say don't meet your heroes but I had no problem meeting voice actors at all and uh, I would love to just talk to these guys and interview them and just talk about how it was versus how it is today and what their fears are for AI, um, which, again, um, is terrible but great at the same time uh, because it has uses. It does have uses. I just don't dig the fact that voice actors are losing jobs because of a freaking robot. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. It, it shouldn't. It should be used as a tool to kind of help with the process, but it shouldn't rob people of jobs. And, and I know that's the, the transition of technology when it comes down to it, is technology does upset the, the workplace and fuck people up, but there's an art to acting, and I don't want to see completely CG actors. I don't want to see completely fake voices either, and um, it, it, I, I'm, I hope to enjoy these people while they're still with us. But uh, back to you guys. I'm so sorry. I keep distracting you from your ending, sir. <laughs> No, 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 no. That, that's, I really enjoy that. Like, I, I, I really do enjoy. I really do enjoy kind of like back and forth because I do. I, 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 it is something that that's something we're all really passionate about, and I just figured that you know we we ended on that note. But you, you ended, yeah. you ended it really well. But unfortunately, time is about. Time is already up already. It's already kind of, It's already like you know. It's it's already like you know. It's already way too late already. So well, why, why, why don't we close? Why don't we close up shop here? So first things first. So bro. Yes. Do you have anything you would love to promote? Um, I mean, you can follow me on uh, X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it at Ryu. Uh, again, uh, my book uh, that I'm working on right now is called Vermilion Royale. Uh, you can find it at vermilionroyale.com. Uh, I also have um, uh, artwork for the book up at certain places, whether it be the website vermilionroyale.com. You can also go to uh, Vermilion, Vermilion Royale on Twitter. Are over on ArtStation, over on DeviantArt. Um, there's a lot of stuff up there. I hope to have uh, something going for the book uh, before year's end. And I'm excited about it, man. I I, I just want to write for a living, man. And uh, I was inspired by a take uh, for a story that, uh, that I am completely enamored with. Um, it's not just uh, a genre story. There's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of processing 
just to give a little backstory, uh, in 2018, I lost several people dear to me. Um, and I was having a hard time coping with the loss. And it kind of inspired me to write this because uh, some of the characters in this book are dealing with the loss close to them. Um, and it helped me get through it. It really did. Um, writing this is not like it's not a complete sad story because it's I write it like a TV show. So like each arc in the book is like an episode of a show. I, I kind of wanted to throw it back the way things are. So that way, if I can ever get it adapted into a manga, it's going to be easy to do. Uh, and then from that, a TV show, which no, that's that's just hot pie in the sky thinking at this point. But um. But yeah, um, there's a lot of stuff in it that you would be reminded of if you watched cartoons in the 80s, if you're an anime, uh, ad, avid anime uh, watcher, if you play a lot of video games. Uh, but the main inspiration for this story is music. Music is like I, I pull from music all the time uh, for this, and I listen to music constantly as I write it. So yeah, man, VermilionRoyale.com. That's V-E-R-M-I-L-I-O-N. R-O-Y-A-L-E.com. If you can check that out, that's great. Also, I'm part of a podcast called Gundam at M-A-H-Q, uh, where we talk about mecha anime uh, and uh, also science fiction. And sometimes we deviate to other things, but uh, for the most part, uh, we have movie reviews and whatnot, too. We just recently reviewed Godzilla uh, Minus One. I uh, had a blast. Uh, shout out to Frederick. Uh, sorry, Frederick. Wow. Uh, Fred, Fred Rex is double zero. I'm, I'm saying his government name. Yo, Fred Rex zero zero, who is a kaiju fiend. We, he's a professor of kaiju. Let me just tell you something. That man knows his shit. And he's, he's sometimes mm -hmm. a fourth seed. He's a fourth seed on our show. But it's myself, uh, Neil Lornoke, uh, uh, Chris, who is the, uh, the, the web... Uh, uh, sorry, the 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 man master. who runs MAHQ. He's the webmaster of MAHQ.net, which is the internet's leading resource for mecha anime details and information. It has great reviews. If you've never been to MAHQ.net, please go. You can find the podcast there. We stream live every other Thursday. Um, matter of fact, we did uh, last Thursday, um, and now we're doing. I'm doing this show this Thursday, and then we'll be back again next Thursday. Uh, at uh, youtube.com slash Gundam MAHQ. We're going to be reviewing Pluto, uh, which is uh, oh. a, a cyberpunk take on Astro Boy. If you've not seen it, it's on Netflix. It's eight episodes long. It is I have beautiful. Seen it. I have seen it. It, it took them six years to animate this. It's It was already an incredible manga uh, when it was stood by Tezuka, but I'm a big fan of uh, Naoki Urasawa as a mangaka. He wrote Monster. He wrote. Uh, he he illustrated Master Keaton, uh, and he did Pluto, and he did it out of love for his his love for Tezuka and for Astro Boy, and it's an incredible take on uh, a, a, a specific art from Astro Boy called the the greatest robot. Um, yeah, in the world. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I know it. Yeah, because I like to emphasize back when um, I oh, was yeah. kind of fresh and. I talked about it at that point in time because I Doc and um, Natalie were on that episode. So yeah. Oh yeah, man. Um, it, it's it's wild that um that that they actually pulled this off, but I'm so glad they did. Um, but yeah, we're gonna be reviewing all eight episodes of that on Gundam next week. Um, also shout outs to Doc who says Kree Summer showing up on what we do in the shadows. Surprise hell on me. I had no idea she showed up on that man. I got to get back on that show, man. That's what's up, man. That she's so incredible. she's so cool, man. I, I'm so in love with her. But um. Yeah, um, Gundam, uh, you can find on YouTube at Gundam uh, MAHQ, or if you just type in MAHQ, look for the Gundam logo, uh, Gundam symbol, and clock in and subscribe. Uh, you can also watch live over on Fighters Ready on Twitch. 
uh, on Thursdays. We stream usually starting at 10.15 uh, p.m. Eastern Standard Time on uh, YouTube and on Twitch. But, yeah, that's that's basically it, man. I'm sorry to run so long. But, uh, by no, the no, way, no, sir. No, no, no. Worries. No worries. This is why we love you. This is why we love you. That's why. That's why I was like. I, Thank I, you, sir. That is like you know, I love I love hearing your antidotes and stuff like that. So, um, well, thank so, you. I appreciate that. Um, Rob, do you have anything you would love to promote? Uh, Saturday morning squadron on Twitter. If not, you can find me on motherfucker zero one on uh, Twitter. Uh, there we go. Uh, there we go. Because I know the details in my head. Because we're gonna wrap up the show quickly. And uh, there we go. And uh, Dunzo, Ramsey, okay. you go. Um, <laughs> uh, so. No, 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 just kidding. Okay, so first thing first, I I host a, I host another podcast called the Saint Seiya Cosmocast. Um, just to let you get let you let's give you a little about behind the scenes on thing really quick. You mentioned about someone's passing. Um, this the reason why I started the podcast was because of my of my um because of my father's passing. Because like you know he would have he would have wanted me to do something with my life, and now I'm five I'm five I'm four years into this project, and I, I'm five years no I'm, yeah, I'm five years to this project I'm four years into this project and. And we're going as strong as, as we ever as we ever do, and it's coming back this Sunday. You can find us recording on twitch.tv forward slash lramcd4. We also stream on, on twitch.tv forward slash lramcd4. This week we are doing a model kit stream. We are building we're building some SD Gundam kits from the SD SD World Hero sets. Uh, we are we're continuing our adventures through. We're continuing our adventures in Fanning Star One for the Switch, and again, and, mm. we're, and finally we are all, but finally also too, we are also recording the same Puzzle Cast. Oh, like also, also on Sunday night. So, nice. if you, if they have any that if any of that interests you, or you know anybody that likes Saint Seiya, or likes any like or likes or just likes streaming in general, please give me a follow. Please, give me, please give me a subscription. All that stuff is really beneficial to me. You know, well, follow is all I really need. I, I don't really, I don't, I don't want I like you know, just just you, just anybody being there, just having a, just having someone there is all I really want. And you know, let let me know when you review the live action Saint Seiya movie. Because we already did already. Oh my god, you must have been in tears. No, as a matter of fact, we we actually thought it was a decent movie. Are you shitting me? Word? I love it. I really liked it. We, we I've had nothing it. but nightmare takes on that shit. I I've been. So you're to, you you're listening to the wrong people because like we were actually one of the most we were we, we, like believe it or not we're the reasonable ones. We actually well, gave it the, the, Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say shout out to Sean Bean. No, shout out to shout out to uh, Don uh, Mark DeCostas. He carried that weight on his shoulders. Oh, yo, Mark, yo, that's the man. That's the man. Yeah, so, he, and I got to meet him. I got to meet him last year. He was such he was the nicest dude in the world. That guy's Seriously. the best. I fucking love that guy, man. For real, yeah. he's the shit. So Good like, stuff. I'll I'll forward, I'll forward that I'll forward that to you later. But yeah, no, nice. no, we were we believe it or not, we gave it a favorable review. It was, it was not the best oh. in the world, but we said oh, it no. was like if it was, it's a decent three out of five movie. Oh, nice. Okay. So, well, so I'll, I'll forward you the review. I'll, I'll forward you that review. So, yeah. Anyways, with all that said, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry about all that, people. Anyways, guys, we, uh, well, I said, everybody, for Solbro, for myself, for Rob, I am Ramsey, and I'm here to tell you guys something because I haven't filled, figured out anything to end these episodes. But, you know, do take care. You know, we'll stay in touch, you know, and, you know, I'll see you next time. Bye. Goodbye. Peace.